Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Friday. It's the 15th of February. It's the day you can go, oh, everybody loves Friday. Somebody just asked me in the kitchen. They said, oh, how are you today? I said, good. I said, I love Friday and payday. So uh, I'm quite happy in the course of a month. Imagine you're the Duchess of Cornwall. You get in the back of a taxi and the driver starts talking about you without knowing it's you. Would you let on or keep quiet? One in five of us have fallen out with friends over rows over money. <coughs> Excuse me. David Beckham gets a court date. The Stampede, £144 million, pounds, Euro millions tonight. Could probably go up, I should imagine. Hundreds turn out for the funeral. Remember I told you about the RAF hero and they only had two people. Anyway, hundreds turned up, which is good. Uh, families say the ISIS bride should be forgiven. I say don't trust her as far as you can throw her. She's a compulsive liar. She's devious and she's a member of a terrorist group. It's as simple as that. Has she shown remorse? Not one bit. And Harry finds a warm welcome in an igloo. Remember, though, it is just a photo opportunity. Uh, the last survivor of the real Great Escape dies aged 99 and the search for Shackleton's ship has been called off, mainly because I'm assuming it was wood. Um, I know that the temperature is enough to preserve the, the timbers, but it's going to be in pieces all over the place, which is, uh, which is a great shame. And a mugshot of a beauty salon customer has gone viral because of her trout pout. She was one of those thieving little toe rag people who goes in, gets the work done and then just swans off and doesn't pay. They'll find you, love. People will be dobbing you in even as I speak. 100 MPs slope off on the Brexit holiday. Richard Osman has found love with a jazz singer. And Wayne Rooney has told pals he'd be devastated if Colleen leaves, but also relieved because they're both so unhappy. Yeah, because he's got thoughts elsewhere. I mean, you know, the fact that he's got four children has got nothing to do with it. He couldn't care less. If he cared, he, he would not be messing about like this. But what, what people do is they actually go off. I, I can tell you this through bitter experience. And, and they have a fling mainly because the wife's a bit drippy or wet or whatever it happens to be, they go off and they can get away with it. So when they come back, the wife goes, oh, why did you leave me and all the rest? She goes, listen, I love you so much, let's have another baby. So they have another baby, and then they suddenly realise this is the get-out clause. Go off, cheat, come back, get them pregnant, and they go, oh, he really does love me. And then he does it again. He's done it four times. I mean, surely by now, poor Collie must have twigged to the fact that she's being used. Which is not a good thing at all. Uh, Mylene Class has got a baby on the way and Anton Deck uh, fans have leapt to their success after this footage has emerged showing them in blackface. Anybody else, they'd have been pilloried on the front of the newspapers because it's Anton Deck. Oh, it's Anton Deck. They're all right to dress up as black people. Black ladies. Very funny. Very funny. Not really. And a serial killer has drawn pictures of his female victims to help police search for their bodies. It's only because he's dying. And he's decided this, the sooner you die, mate, the better. How many people has he murdered? 99. I hope you die horribly. And uh, Jan Hunt, raring to get back on Crackerjack. Crackerjack. She's 81. We told you that the uh, the other day, which was uh, which was lovely, isn't it? Uh, what was the other one? I quite Oh, Daniela Westbrook droning on about her cocaine habit. Nobody cares, love. We really don't care anymore. I've had enough. You're weak ineffectual, you've had the rehab, you're out, now you're back into rehab again. It's just a waste of space. It's a never-ending spiral. What, uh, what you know, you need is to get yourself busy. It's no good earning a little bit of money out of a magazine and then going, oh, I think I'll go on holiday. Because we don't care, do we? Mind you, over at the, is it the Dorchester? Poor souls, they've got to put up with Gemma Collins. I bet that, uh, that breakfast will be uh, absolutely enormous. And uh, the other one was the, the Daily Pill, 
which could halt senior moments like losing your keys. We've all done it, haven't we? We've all done it. You lose a key and you go, oh, my goodness, where, where did I see it last? I was coming off the train the other day and I got to Richmond Station and the bloke just was about to go through the barrier when he suddenly realised he'd lost his ticket. So he's now looking round on the ground. Now, I start looking on the ground as well. And, and it wasn't there. So I don't know what happened because I, I decided to carry on through the, the barriers. And did you manage to get one of those Marks and Spencer's love sausages? Uh, the answer is not many of you did. And when you did get them, boy, were you disappointed. It wasn't a heart-shaped sausage at all. It was two sausages bent to make it look as though it was a heart. They weren't even joined. It was two separate sausages. What a swizz. What a swizz, honestly. I did say to somebody in Marks and Spencer's Twicken, I said, have you got any? No. I said, what was the point of them telling everybody what they've got it? I mean, what a bad publicity stunt. Backfired immensely. And he said, oh, maybe you'll have one tomorrow. Who wants it tomorrow? I mean, as it turned out, I did have one, actually. Uh, Ron says, I reckon the ISIS bride will be allowed in, get a slap on the wrist, have the baby, then go away looking for more excitement. Uh, We have thoughts on that. We had thoughts on it yesterday. We've got thoughts on it today. Everybody was agreeing with everything I said yesterday. You cannot trust her. It's as simple as that. She's 15, uh, you know, obviously a simpleton, obviously somebody who has no respect for her parents, even though poor saps that they are, they've gone, oh, we, we should forgive them, as if she's been off to join the Girl Guides or something, you know, the Syrian branch. No, she joined ISIS. She was having sex at 15. They're a bunch of paedophiles. We know what the ISIS people are, and they murder people. And why do you think she's any different? She's already, she's expressed no remorse, no, no regrets, no nothing. In fact, she talked about seeing a head in a bin, and that didn't faze her at all. She's quite clear. How did they find her out of 35,000 refugees? And she's got a sign on her saying, I want to go home, have a baby. She's already had two, so she says. Although, as I say, you really can't believe these people. They're murderers. They're perverts. They're murderers. She's no different. No different. She has not. All they had to do was ask her one question. Do you renounce ISIS? Do you renounce everything that they stand for? And I bet you anything she'll say, no comment because she still supports them. And she thinks, because she's lost two children, so she says, that she can have the third one here. But then, do you not... She's married. Does that not entitle her ISIS-murdering husband to be able to come to this country? Is that how it works? Will he have entry as well? I... Well, yeah, but if he's married to her, I think that might work. I think he might get entry. Hilarious, isn't it, really? A murdering ISIS member. He was also linked to some of the Paris explosions... And she's going, nothing. but they find her in 35,000 people. But uh, an arrogant little madam, isn't she? 19 years old, ditched her parents, couldn't care. And the parents, let's just say poor souls, honestly, not a brain cell among them. Oh, no, she should be come back and forgiven. What, you think you just go over, get involved with this kind of thing and then pop back in when you feel like it? The country says no. The country says no. I mean, I, I confidently predict that the papers, already the sun this morning... Uh, going pregnant jihadi teen. I mean, why didn't she want to come over on the first baby? Because she's a supporter of ISIS. She has sex with ISIS members. And now they say she faces a ban. I don't think she can be banned from this country. She's a, she's a British citizen. She's also a Bangladeshi citizen. Oh, as well. Oh, right. Perhaps she could go and live there. No regrets or remorse, no entry, say the son this morning. I mean, to be honest with you, an arrogant little madam who thought she could steal... 
to get the money. I mean, she's quite calculating. All this OP would say she's been radicalised. I'm sorry, I mean, surely anybody with half a brain cell, and she doesn't look like she's got half a brain cell, would realise that ISIS are disgusting, filthy people. She's been made pregnant three times. I'm assuming it's the same man. Difficult to tell. But uh, she's not voiced any regrets for joining up with the Islamist butchers. Well, I tell you what, love, people don't want you here. They really don't. Every programme I watch, even Loose Women, even Loose Women, they had an overwhelming number of people saying they didn't want her. I think the same for Darren overnight. The amount of people were saying they don't want her. And Question Time last night said exactly the same. The majority of the audience didn't want her back in this country. She's just an arrogant little nothing. You know, perhaps she thinks she'd wander away. We have a little game of kill people and behead them, and then we're just having a baby, so we go back home again. And we pay for it? I said yesterday. I don't think so, and that's apparently what you're saying as well. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. So, interesting. I know that everybody was saying exactly the same thing overnight. There were only a few misguided people who didn't quite understand the situation. This is, you know, absolutely a member of a terrorist group. Not just any old terrorist group. These are people who throw gay people from the top of towers. They kill them. They, uh, they have no hesitation in beheading people. You've seen all the videos. And she's a supporter of it. Darling, the only reason you're sitting in a refugee camp is because you're frightened there's going to be a bullet in the back of your head. That's why you've gone there. You've run away like the scared little child that you are. Although clever enough to thieve to buy your plane tickets. We've all saw the, the footage. There's no way you could ever excuse anything she did. And... Now, you know, if she'd expressed any regret or remorse, but she's so arrogant, you know, I'm a member of ISIS. So, what, you think she's going to change her opinions between now and coming to this country to take full use of the NHS? Let's hope not, shall we? Let's hope not. 84850, uk. Uh, Daniela Westbrook talking in uh, some magazine about she needs 11 bags of coke a day to get through life. Pathetic waste of space, honestly. We seem to be surrounded by these people. Uh, No public interest in the prosecution of Phil over the car crash. You know who's upset already, little Miss Miss Gobby. Oh, I think that's absolutely awful. He should have been prosecuted. The one with her her, her arm in a plaster. Well, it's just a sling. I'm afraid there's nothing the matter with her at all. They didn't even want to keep her in hospital. So uh, rubbish there. But the Crown Prosecution Service... Far better qualified to decide about it uh, than anything else. I love the idea that there's a birthday girl called Doll Jenkins. I've never heard the name either. She got a cheeky gift for her birthday. Two men showed her their bottoms. They're sort of naked waiters and things like that. She's a hundred. She's. What is the point of showing a hundred-year-old woman who's in a chair, probably with arthritis... Her two half-naked men. What would be the point of that? Nothing at all. There's no point in reawakening long, dormant subjects. And one of them would be, you know, pinching somebody's bottom or something. I think it's a case for HR. Holby City and Casualty will merge for a special for the first time in 14 years. The reason they haven't done it is because it's a boring idea. The BBC is so desperate to get some audience going. They think if we merge them together... I mean, do you think they'll actually sort of bump into each other and go, you're in casualty, you're in Holby City. It's like whenever they get people on EastEnders who are famous, nobody seems to know that it was Shane Ritchie. I knew it was Shane Ritchie. There he was. I knew, And I went, that's Shane Ritchie. And they gave him another name completely. Why didn't somebody ever say in the script, you look exactly like Shane Ritchie? 
Daniela Westbrook. You look exactly like that coquette who's failed in every lap. You know, you would know that. You've read it in the newspapers. Hello. When she popped up briefly on Brookside and then didn't manage it again, they obviously decided they can't be involved with somebody like that. Uh, Peter says, if you're speaking from personal bitter experience, how many times you've been pregnant? Why do you mind your own business? It's got to do with you. Of course, no chance of you ever getting pregnant. Uh, Steve, we're having bushfires in New South Wales. Well, up in Queensland, they've had floods. And down in Tasmania, snow, says Shane in Sydney. I I like the idea that you've got three different seasons. Don't you think that's good? And uh, Gary says, mostly the time I can't find things is after I've tidied up. Sensibly grouping alike things together. I sent, had to send some uh, receipts off the other day, which I sent to my bank manager, the person who looks after my accounts, and then she was she sorted it all out into different groups. She's terribly organised, terribly organised. I'm not as organised. I can't do anything. I just shove it all in a bag and then psh, shove it on. She said, send it to me. I'll, I'll deal with, with your accountant, Steve, who's a marvellous man, but I can't do things like that. I would rather give somebody the money and let them them deal with it. I'm a bit, a little bit lazy, I'm afraid, which is uh, which is a shame. Uh, <clears throat> right, right. What are we going to do? I think we'll take. Oh yes, there's a snowflake pub staff refusing to work after dark. I can understand that. Why would you want to work after dark? Very shortly, you'll have people working in clubs. I'm sorry, we want extra money for working in clubs. It'll never catch on because they'll always find people who'll do it for practically nothing. So you could you could whistle in the wind for that one. And um, what was the other one? I quite like the idea of people eating like a horse and staying slim. It's to do with your metabolism. Unfortunately for poor, let's just call it somebody who's fairly close to this uh, programme. And it's a case of he's, he's I've just bet him £100. It's a, it's a figment of the imagination that he thinks he's going to have a flat stomach in four months time. He's going to lose between a stone and two stone. And I said there is no chance... You know, being realistic that you're going to lose that sort of money. I said, I wouldn't have taken the bet, but he took the bet. And now we've done it on air. It's £100. I've said he's not going to have a flat stomach in four months' time. He's totally convinced he's going to go to the gym and uh, and it's going to happen. So there we go. Yes, poor, poor Josh. Oh, no. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, Steve. Uh, she will cost millions over the coming years. Home, health care, universal, credit payments, security costs, initial legal bills and court costs too, says Alec. Kick her out. She's British, but she's got Bangladeshi citizenship as well. Sometimes we can set a... Yes, I mean, the Home Secretary doesn't want to back, and it appears that 80 90% of people in this country don't want to back either. She's a member of a terrorist group. Just think on that one. They murder people, OK? They behead people. You've seen all the pictures of the orange jumpsuits and everything else. That's the group she supports. And she wants to come back here to have a baby. I mean, surely if you've got half a brain cell, let's get rid of her. She's in a refugee camp because she's scared. She's running because she knows that if she stayed with ISIS, she'd be uh, she'd be shot by the incoming forces. It's as simple as that, as we gradually whittle them down. And so she's thought, oh, I think I'll just go back home. And her parents have gone, oh, yes, she should be forgiven. Well, the girl who walked out on you four years ago, she's a member of ISIS, a member of a murdering paedophile group who have sex with your 15-year-old daughter. What sort of parents are you? Not good, is it? Not good. Stefan Mulvan agrees 100%, like everybody else. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 4.20 Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so excited about Friday. Everybody's excited about Friday. You know why? It's the end of the week and you go, it's the weekend. Although if somebody says to you, so what are you going to be doing for the weekend? You've got no idea. People will say to me, so what are you doing for the weekend? And I go, 
I don't know. I don't have anything. Right, so I, today I've got this uh, ultrasound scan of my tummy. It's the aortic thing. This is It runs all the way down the middle. And um, there's a, a screening technician. And they're, they're, they're going to explain it to me, but luckily I'm ahead of it, so I know what it is. Uh, so you'll lie down on a table and lift up or unbutton your top. You don't need to undress, but I always do. Uh, you know, because it, it makes it more interesting. Uh, the technician will then rub a clear gel on your tummy and moves a small handheld scanner over the skin. Pictures are shown on a monitor and the technician will measure how wide your aorta is. I mean, it could be pregnancy. I might be pregnant, actually. I'm not sure. Anyway, the gel is then wiped away. And then you pull down or button up your top. The technician tells you the results. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes. So sometimes the technician might not be able to see your aorta clearly. It isn't anything to worry about. If it happens, you'll be asked to have another scan, usually on a different day. So you'll be told the results at the end of the test. If there is any problem, I mean, are they going to send a, a, are they going to tell you if there's a problem there and then? Because I've got a feeling, and you know we're normally quite quite good with our bodies, I've got a feeling there's something going on. There are four possible screening results. Either normal, which means your aorta isn't swollen, which is less than three centimetres across. If the result is normal, you don't need any further scans or treatment because it grows slowly. And the chances of you developing one after 65 are very small. A small AAA means that your aorta measures about three to 4.4 centimetres. Just over a percent of men have a small one. You won't need any treatment as the chance of the AAA bursting is small. This is the thing. They've got to make sure it's not expanding so that it bursts. And uh, you'll be given advice on how you can stop smoking, exercise and eat healthily. OK, I could be medium. Uh, you'll be invited back for a, a scan every three months to check the size. Treatment will usually only be needed if it becomes a large AAA. Now, if you've got a large AAA, that means that your aorta, the bit that runs down the middle of your body... Measures 5.5 centimetres or more across. About 0.1% of men screened have a large AAA. You are at the highest risk of bursting. I don't want to make light of it. If it bursts, there's a good chance you die. OK, it's as simple as that. Surgery does uh, carry a risk of serious complications. Generally smaller than the risk of not treating it. And uh, so most men with large AAA are advised to have surgery to stop it getting bigger or bursting. Let's hope I'm normal, but I have a feeling I probably won't be normal. I'll probably be checked every three months or something like that. I don't know why. I just, I've just got a feeling, a feeling about it. So that's what I'm having done today. So I've got to make all these phone calls afterwards to go, well, this is what they've told me. So there's either four possibilities. Normal, the, the next one up, which isn't too much to worry about. Small, medium, and then, woo, not so good. The large AAA. So the uh, surgery does carry a risk of complications. What complications? I can't imagine. But so far, because you don't know anything, you don't feel it. There's nothing, you know, they'll need to do, you know. I mean, and then how, how do they actually treat it? How do they treat it? They, they can do this, I think it's called endovascular surgery, which is a graft inserted into the blood vessel in the groin and then passed up into the aorta. Open surgery, there's a cut in your tummy. Oh, not more cuts in my tummy. Lord above. And if surgery isn't suitable, you'll have regular scans to monitor your aneurysm. God. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it, honestly? The joys. I was talking to actually one of the producers earlier on. I won't mention his name because uh, he produces programmes at LBC. And he was talking about the, uh, the sort of the disasters of getting older and realising that one minute you're 30, then the next minute you're 40, and it jumps really fast. I said, well, you wait till you get to my age, for goodness sake. Steve. 
says John in Bayswater. I wouldn't be surprised if Daesh has pushed this woman towards uh, forward to test the waters, preparing for the way for hundreds more to use the same pretext to get into the UK. They can never be trusted. No, she's a compulsive liar. She's a compulsive liar. I wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her. She doesn't even look as though she's got remorse. She really doesn't. And that's that's the thing that, that worries people. Because just supposing, just supposing, OK, so she's a member of ISIS, which we know she is because she's having sex with one of their murdering paedophiles. You know, she seems to think is OK. She's been there for four years, having a whale of a time, you know, looking at uh, dead people and heads in bins and stuff like that. So just supposing in a hypothetical situation, just supposing she is so radicalised, she hates this country so much because she does. That's why she left it to join ISIS. She'd been radicalised. That's just basically like telling a, an immature 15-year-old, this is much better, this is the way forward, this is, we have to get rid of all these people, we blow them up and we do all these kind of things. She goes, oh yeah, that's OK. So off she tootles, you know, with, without a disregard for her parents or her friends or anybody else, because she's a bit simple, OK? So she gets herself pregnant. Just supposing she does lose two children, and we don't know whether she has... You've only got her word that that's what's happened. If it's happened, it's terrible. But to be honest with you, I have no sympathy for her whatsoever. Really nothing at all. Probably makes me a hard person, but there you go. So anyway, so they go, how can we get you back into the country? You need to do your bit to help ISIS. We're losing ground here. Let's get you back to England. How are we going to do that? Get pregnant. And then how pregnant is she? She's quite pregnant, isn't she? So she's nine months. She's had nine months to work out a story and the lies and the deceit and everything else. OK, so I've lost two children. OK, that's feasible. Uh, I want to make sure that my child has a good start in life. Shame you went and joined ISIS, wasn't it, really? Perhaps you should have waited for it to take its course in this country. Your parents are delighted. But anyway, so just supposing, hypothetically, she, they, they say to her, because she's already apologised for leaving the group, she said she feels guilty about leaving the group. She obviously shares the same thoughts that you murder people who don't subscribe to the same things that you do. And they say to her, listen, get yourself pregnant. Right, let's work this out story out. We've got to have all the ag ang uh, angles covered. And, and you go to the country, OK? What you're doing is you're looking to cause maximum, maximum disruption to prove that ISIS is still a force to be reckoned with. So you lie through your teeth. I want my child to have a good... She has no regard for children whatsoever. No regard. Otherwise, why would you join a terrorist group? And get yourself pregnant three times, if it's true. So nine months down the line, shit, they go, OK, you can come back to this country and, and you, just, you just come back as if nothing's happened. And she then spends the next few months getting herself ready to blow herself. These people will die for their cause. It's as simple as that. They don't see any shame in it. They, she probably thinks she's going to a wonderful place. Well, she'd bloody hurry up and go there. And it's not this country. But that's what I think she will do. But again, that's a hypothetical situation. You know, there might be people going, oh, perhaps she just really wants her baby to be happy. She's part of a murdering group of paedophiles. What are you on about? This isn't the Girl Guides of Syria branch. This is ISIS. They murder people. Do you see the people lined up on the beach? An executioner standing by it. That's what she subscribes to. That's what she subscribes to. And her parents are over here going, oh, she should be forgiven. More stupid than I thought. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? What? So you're, you're agreeing with what she agrees with. Just ask her a straightforward question. Do you denounce everything ISIS stands for? That's the question I thought somebody from the Sunday Times would ask as, as a journalist. Obviously something different, but, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Steve, heart artery bursting means you're dead. My dad died from one of his 70s, so old age. Yes, there's also, I mean, I'm going to have it today because I fit into that category. 
And um, uh, somebody emailed Darren this morning calling her unborn baby demonic. See, the trouble is, I, I can't say that. This is a child. The child has no idea that his mother is it's not even born. You know, this isn't sort of like Carrie or something like that. This is a child who isn't born. The fact that his mother's a bit simple, very simple, 15 years old, she'll stick two fingers up to the family, thieve and go and join a murdering group of people like that, tells you everything you need to know about her. She's had four years to work this out. She's loved every minute of it. Loved every minute. She thinks it's, uh, it's actually quite, quite normal. And everybody in this country is going, you're a murderer. You subscribe to murderers. Why on earth would we want you here? But it's not unusual. We have a few people here like that already. They've lied to get into the country. You know, they can do a serious damage. And I think while there is that danger that this ignorant little nothing is sitting there going, I want my baby to have the best. Funny, you never thought about the first two like that. But she didn't. It took her till the third one. And then the fact that ISIS were on the run and picking up their skirts and running like girls... And so she goes and hides in a refugee camp. Luckily, the Sunday Times find her. Out of 35,000 people, how brilliant was that? Michelle says, please wish my other half and dedicated spiker, Roger, happy birthday today. We listen every morning in Oslo. I bet it's cold over there. It's a bit chilly over here this morning. Little bit chilly. Little bit chilly. But uh, So there you go. And Trucker Joe says, hope you and the team are well. Difficult to tell just by looking, I'm afraid. We'd have to get sort of a medical thing on that. Tad Fresh out there today. Uh, short 11-hour day today due to the dreaded dentist appointment. Oh, no, not a, not a dentist appointment. And um, Callum's back again. We'll tell you about Callum in a moment. You know about... You don't know about... I'll tell you about Callum in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes... No, it's not 25. 26 minutes to... 26 and a half minutes to five. 24 minutes to five. Anyway, uh, whatever it is, who cares? Uh, my friend Callum, who is currently producing for this week, and he didn't tell me until the other day, because I wondered why he was writing in. He's a producer at one of our sister stations, Capital. And, uh, and he started sending in these doctored pictures. He sends a lot of doctored pictures. I'd like to doctor him. But anyway, that's another story. And, um, and then it was only the other day, because I couldn't work out how he was sending these things in. I thought, but I didn't see him in here in the morning, but uh, the regular breakfast team are off, so they've got another team in, and Callum, bless his heart, who's my new bromance, is, uh, is producing it. So he started sending all these things in. Uh, he sent one in this morning, he said, Happy Friday, Steve. And then he says, A week producing breakfast means a week of listening to my guy. I think that's what, that's what people say in that word, my guy, you're my, gut, my, my man, kind of thing. Uh, at Steve Allen Show on the way in. So here are the pictures I've sent him about the topics he's been talking about, including my love sausage. My love sausage. And also the fact that we've all put Callum forward for naked attraction. And uh, we're very much looking forward to seeing that one. I don't think he's as thrilled as he could have been, but I've put his name forward anyway. So uh, there you go, Callum. That's my, that's my wish to you on a Friday, that we get to see you on Naked Attraction. I've decided it's going to be worth every penny of the licence fee. But uh, I've only seen him one day this week, and I only saw him yesterday because and yeah, I should have seen him when I did uh, Julia Bradbury because I did her this week, and I didn't I didn't see him then. But I we saw him yesterday, didn't we? We saw him yesterday. 
Scottish boy was ever so excited. He was meeting real people, as per usual. You have to watch. You have to rein him back in again because he, he he tried to sort of oh hi 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 James McVeigh. He sort of get like he knows him and things like that, you know. And uh, I'm 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 Scottish boy. You've probably heard of me, and all that kind of stuff. But it was okay. It went went quite well, didn't it? I gave him a minute to change the studio round yesterday because we have two. Uh, well, we have more than two studios. We have loads of studios, and um, and so we were in the next one. And Emily Attack. And who was doing their, their breakfast show yesterday? I can't remember. Was it Rob Howard? He, he was doing the breakfast show yesterday. Another one of those sickeningly young people. They've noticed they've all got designer beards. Everybody's got design. Even Callum is sort of attempting to grow something. And um, for naked attraction. And it's, it's, he's sort of got this these sort of half beard. Well, I can't do it. I just look as I'm, I haven't washed or something like that. But anyway, so we went and, and did that. And then we, we have to change the studio. So, in other words, I can change the studio from being one radio station in this building to another one. And you push buttons and you can get up all the wall, all the uh, the things change and everything else. And we've got our own programme. And so it becomes an LBC studio. And then you push another button, it can become classic or whatever it happens to be. And so I, I'd said to Scottish Boy, I said, you've got a minute to turn it round. And uh, they were running late. And you did it all right, dear. Yeah, you did it. It was, good. it was good. So we managed to get the studio changed, which means setting the microphone, setting the speech content and stuff like that. And so he did it all right, actually. But he's got this annoying habit of sitting in the corner. And then at the halfway point in conversation... Talk to somebody. Don't, 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 don't be distracted. And so he's got... He's got this annoying habit of sitting in the corner. And I always say to them, at 11 minutes, just just wave... And then I'll wrap up the first half and then we, we pause for a second and then I carry on again. So it's all I'm giving away the secrets of the trade here. And, uh, and so what does he do? No, he leans forward and does an impression of a windmill. So we get we get the it's like the railway children. Daddy, my daddy, he goes, you know, and he was doing the whole thing. You didn't do it like that at all, you fibber. Luckily, it's on camera. It's on camera. Yeah, you think it's not on camera, because I specifically asked them yesterday, get me something that gets him off the programme. And so what they've done is... I mean that in a caring kind of way. I don't mean that in a nasty way at all. Because we're very happy little... Somebody was saying this morning, he said, how how happy are you at LBC? I said, you want to see misery? Look at this face. Look at this face. <laughs> it is funny. It's everybody's happy. You know, when... Yeah, James, James McVeigh knows who he is now. He knows who he is now... Because he, he shoved himself... From, oh, hi, hi, James. Uh, Scottish boy. Uh, all that kind of stuff. But he does the impression of a windmill to wind me up. So we go, don't sit there fibbing. I've never known anybody that fibs so much as you. Your parents must be horrified at the amount of lies you tell, like you're their son. That kind of thing. You know, I mean, it starts with that. But no, we had a nice time. James was lovely. Very, very chatty, isn't he? Very chatty. Loves his girlfriend. Loves his girlfriend. And uh, the vamps are on tour. But you'll hear that interview tomorrow morning with the lovely Julia Bradbury, who was with Prince Harry the other night at the Natural History Museum and Meghan. And she's got a new programme. It started last night. Had some lovely guests, actually. Next week, we've already sorted out the guests, uh, which is which is quite good, actually. Because normally we, it sort of it gets to Monday and you go and we're waiting on a couple of little bits and pieces. But uh, next week's already sorted out. They told, it's what Beth told me anyway. And she knows she knows. But apparently, I don't know if this is so true, I'm going to end up with Scottish Boy as my permanent fixture. Which, you know, I've asked them, is there anybody else? You know, is it possible to find somebody else who can sort of, you know, be a bit more, you know, a little bit more reverent to the presenter of the programme? But anyway, so no, Callum, 
Callum and I are having a bromance now. But I couldn't find them. When I went through the other side yesterday, because he then told me that he was in producing The Breakfast Show, I, there was nobody on that floor at all. Apparently they were all in the, uh, the off-air studio, as we call it. Steve Arch was on this morning yesterday morning singing his love to the GC. He looks huge. Looks like he ate the GC, says Nathan. Yeah, talentless bloke, isn't he? Totally talentless. Uh, good luck today, uh, Steve, says Jill from Marden. And the actor Paul Darrow, says Keith, who was in Blake 7, suffered an aortic aneurysm. Fortunately, he was with somebody at the time and soon in hospital. Didn't die. But he had both legs amputated. Oh, my Lord. I don't think I want that, actually. I don't think I want to go that far. I'm hoping they'll just go, oh, it's, it's, it's worth looking at again. But, um, you know, it's not, it's not too bad. Not too bad. I'd quite like a casualty Steve Holby City join-up. I've always wanted EastEnders and Corrie to do one. For example, an EastEnders character as part of the storyline has to go to Manchester and they turn up in the Rover's Return and thus have a little storyline in Corrie, says Gary. Uh, no, no, I, re- I really don't want that. Brian says, uh, listening from Dublin... I've been listening for the last few weeks before going to RTE to read the news to the nation of Ireland. Good Lord, Brian. Really? We get all sorts of people. I tell you what I saw the other day. Do you remember the, that dreadful story of the, of the murders in... I can't remember where it was in the country. Uh, the triple murder, Exeter. But they had a radio station and the presenter was talking to the camera about it. And I looked at this presenter and I thought... I've seen you before. And of course I had because he used to work for LBC. His name's Bob and he was Clive Bull's producer for a number of years. And I was I was went, I know you. I know your mum, Sue, for goodness sake. Uh, Matt Munro tells the story of taking a taxi from a train station to a club. And the driver saying that guy Munro he was going to see is rubbish, says Bill in Glasgow. <laughs> and uh, my dad dropped dead, Steve. Uh, from a ruptured aorta. He visited his GP complaining of pain in his tummy several times. Actually, the funny thing is, they've always said that there's no there's no noticeable things. It's all going on inside. So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Steve, you've got a bigger mic, says Gary, than those behind the glass. Um, no, it's exactly the same. It's just, it's, no, it's ex- exactly the same mics. They're all on the same mic stands. It's just that my muff... Is, no, my muff's the same as everybody else's. They're, they're all exactly... All the microphones are the same. Nick Abbott uses that. He uses that one, does he, really? Good Lord. He's got, he's got a different mic muff. Oh, he doesn't bring in his own mic muff, does he, really? That's a, Mind you, does he use his own headphones? Oh, right, oh, right. he is scared of germs, isn't he? But actually, nobody's died in here. Whoop. <laughs> Yeah, the Steve Allen Memorial Studio. I want a plaque. If I go this morning, I want to... Hello, Ollie. Oh, look at Ollie. Look at... Bless him, honestly. It always looks like he's wandered in from the embankment, sleeping rough, doesn't he? I don't know why. But he always comes in. He's got his coat, his muffler, and his uh, headphones. What he's listening to, I've got no idea. Could be anything. Could be anything. Uh, Steve, says Connie, all the best for your hospital appointment. I'll be thinking of you. 12.20 today. 12.20. We're having the uh, the scan. I'm hoping it's going to be fine. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be, but you never know, do you? Uh, so, no, same foam windscreens, Gary. Exactly the same, except Nick Abbott's, which is probably completely different. Is that why he has a different mic muff? Well, how can you pick up germs off a mic muff? You're not eating the blooming thing. It's a good six inches away from me. Oh, sp- well, why? Well, you're not touching it, are you? you? You touch the... Sorry, just in case it makes a noise. I'm just... I'm moving the mic now. You wouldn't know I'm moving the mic. But, I mean, it doesn't make any noise, but they go, that. 
But uh, but you don't touch the, the foam thing, do you? I don't think so. We used to have a woman years ago from Phone Tell or Phone Tech used to come round and clean the telephones. Because if you unscrew a telephone nowadays, you'd be surprised how dirty they are. <laughs> but uh, nobody's ever caught anything. I've never caught anything from uh, from Mike Muffs or anything else like that. Perhaps you can become paranoid. A bit like sort of Jordan. Not too difficult, is it, really? Uh, also, £144 million tonight. What would you do with it? <sighs> Blimey. You'd have, you'd have, you'd have the... the the party of a lifetime. I would actually have a big party and I'd invite everybody at work. Everybody at work. I would definitely do that. That'd be lovely. Uh, Brits go through... How many cars in the course of a lifetime? Eleven, apparently. And actually, I can, I can uh, bear witness to that. My first, I remember my first car, which was grey, which was a Ford Popular. Then I saved up and got a Mini, second-hand Mini. Then I bought a brand-new Mini. That was three. Then I went from the brand new Mini to a Fiat Tipo. And then I had a Mazda, MX, whatever it was. And then I went to a Rolls. Then another Rolls. Then a Bentley. Then another Bentley. Then another Bentley. Then a Continental. And uh, so it's probably about 11 cars, in well, they say, in your lifetime. A little bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? Uh, Carol says, whatever happened to uh, Peter Howitt, who was Joey in Bread? Oh, Peter Howitt. Okay, he he mainly directs. He mainly directs, Carol. If you, if you type in Peter Howitt and then images on Google, you can uh, have a look at him. Johnny Weybridge tried to buy a Valentine's sausage from M&S at 10am. They'd already sold out. Fools to themselves. The place was heaving. The staff were running around like headless chickens. Where did they go wrong? I've no idea. I've no idea. I couldn't find... I found one in one store. I mean, that's just a bad, bad promotion. It backfired on Waitrose the other couple of years ago when they had a Heston Blumenthal Christmas pudding and they sold out. People were rushing around like headless chickens. But this one, it was a, they didn't have that much that was in, John. So, uh, you know, they need to actually sort themselves out. But of course, it wasn't a heart-shaped sausage. It was two sausages, not even joined. It was two sausages. It was very disappointing. Very disappointing. The bacon was way too salty on it. Way too salty. It tasted horrible. So I only ate half of it, I'm afraid. So perhaps next year they'll have to try a little bit harder. Uh, I don't know what the symptoms of the aorta troubles are. On this particular one, you get it for hitting a certain age. If you hit a certain age, then then you fit into that category. And then they, they sort of test you. It's like different things that happen, you know, during your diabetes and stuff like that. And uh, so you just have to sort of wait. They say, now you're in this particular age group. Now we will test. You don't have to be tested. If you don't want to be tested, you don't have to be. You can write back to them and say, I'd rather not be. I always grasp it all with both hands. Both hands. I I'm not going to miss out on anything. If they say this is what you can, that can happen to you when you get to a certain age, I want to be treated for it. Don't ever turn down hospital appointments. They're not there for you know, a bit of fun you know, at your expense. They're there to, to help save your life. It's as simple as that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 10 to 5, Friday, 15th of February. Still to come, we've got a couple of clips from our In Conversation guests this weekend. William says, are you a pensioner this weekend? No. No, not for, uh, not for a few weeks yet. Not for a few weeks. Uh, good luck for this afternoon, says Nicholas. I think the nation should pray for you at 12.20. <laughs> yes, I am a, a great believer, of course, in the power of prayer. Wayne the Trolley Dolly says, I walk past the Global Studios all the time, and it does look really impressive from the outside with all the blue lights. Um, yes, but you're looking at the back of the building. The front of the building is in Leicester Square. And in fact, if you stand by the half-price ticket booth and look up, 
the two buildings, one on the corner and the one next to it, are all us. In fact, the only studio that you can see from the front is Radio X. You can see there. I don't think you can see... No, you can't see anybody else's studio from the front. You can't see me and you can't see anybody else, can you? You think... You can see the outside of this, can you? Oh, but you wouldn't know we were in here. At the back, you can... You, I could tell you which floor everybody was on, but it wouldn't help. But at the front here, I thought, oh, so you think you can... Oh, you can see Capital Extra, but they've only got a window there. But you can't actually see in, but you could see the... I always liked the other one, actually, because I always thought I quite liked to sit there, which used to be Capital Studio some years ago, which is lovely, because it's in Leicester Square, which is cool, which is very cool. Uh, Dorman Dom, thank you very much indeed. But uh, he said, it's interesting to know you can switch studios from one sister station to another. Yes, it's... it's I mean, yes... Yes, he says. I mean, in my one, it's a bit more difficult because I've got permanent LBC signing. But in the uh, the one that Nick Ferrari has and uh, and everybody else, you can switch the um, the graphics on the wall. They've got a it's like a video wall in the studio with with LBC written on it. Very clever. I don't know how it works, but it means you can change a studio. So if we're filming an interview, uh, then you it turns into LBC studio. It's very clever, isn't it? Really. There you go, Wayne. Steve, hope your hospital appointment goes smoothly. Now, without too many surprises, says Monica. Have a good day and wake wake us up, please. Yes, I'm hoping, actually, that I'm going to be here tomorrow morning and on Sunday morning. But uh, I'm still sleepy for some strange reason. Broke my rule. Coffee on the way out. Actually, I slept like a top yesterday. I didn't get back home till about half past 12, 1 o'clock. And, uh, and I went to go and have a look, stupidly, in Marks and Spencer's, if I could find the love sausage. And uh, really, uh, uh, you know, what's the point of having it the day after Valentine's Day? It's no good, you know, I, I suggest nobody buys them. Let them sit there with them because it's just ridiculous. The sell-by date on my one was the 15th, so it's today. So unless they've actually got, you know, different ones which are available, it's all gone a bit pear-shaped. Not good news at all. Very bad, very bad management, very bad management. But uh, nevertheless, they will learn. They will learn. Just takes them a little bit of time. Uh, 14 days on. Fears growing for missing Libby. I think, actually, fears are, are growing long before that. Long before that. You know, 14 days on. They normally say if they've not found somebody within the first 24 hours, then they start panicking. Two fizzy diet drinks a day raise a woman's heart risk. And... Um, the, what was it? Oh, the family is saying the ISIS bride should be forgiven. Of course they are. Of course they are saying that. I don't know why. You know, put it this way, she disappeared for four years and uh, now she wants to come in. I mean, to be honest with you, I think what, what should happen is uh, she has the baby. I'm quite sure in the refugee camp there are facilities. The baby comes back to this country and uh, we leave her out there. She can go somewhere else. I don't think want to. I don't think you can trust her as far as you can throw her. Uh, Gary Lineker says he once avoided a red card on the road because of his football fame. What, a bent policeman? Surely not. Surely not. And the Chuckle Brothers' hometown has snubbed them. They wanted to have a square or roundabout named after the the Chuckle Brothers. Anton Deck fans leap to their uh, defence after footage from less than 15 years ago shows them uh, wearing blackface and dressed up as two black women. I mean, undoubtedly racist. But, of course, all those years ago, 2003 or whatever it was, uh, it was a case of they didn't think it was racist. It was just funny. They just dressed up. But, uh, you know, couldn't they have just dressed up as two white women? Would that not make it a little bit better? You know, Little Britain did it as well, didn't they? And uh, I was trying to think if French and Saunders did it. I know that they dressed up as two blokes, but I don't think they were ethnically sourced. 
But I think in the case of Ant and Deck, these were two black women, and they put on the voices as well. Which, you know, to me, I mean, in this day and age, in 2018, it smacks of, that's racist. You can't do that. Why did they not just do two old women anyway? But they decided not to. Didn't make any sense to me. And I was delighted that after I told you about that funeral service down in Southampton uh, for uh, a man who was a hero, only two people were booked for it. And I said, you can go down there. It's whatever it was, 9.45 or 10 or something like that. And uh, hundreds of people turned up. Isn't that great? I like that. I like it when you do things like that. I like it when you applaud what people do for a living. And at the end of his life, two people were going to be... He was 99. Two people were going to be there and hundreds turned up. And that, I thought, was, you know... You just wish that he could see it. You would like to think that he could see it. There's also this mugshot in the papers day. You won't miss it. Of a beauty salon customer. She's an ugly... She's gone viral because of her trout pout and the fact that she uh, she wandered off after treatment without paying for it. So she's a thieving little toe rag at the same time. Uh, the last survivor of the real-life Great Escape dies aged 99. And the word mother, mother, is no longer gender-specific. So it can mean a man as well. How ridiculous are we getting? How ridiculous are we getting? Uh, David Beckham gets a court case. I think it's in Bromley. I think. I don't know why. And Richard Osman has found love with a jazz singer. She's a little bit shorter than he is. Like 19 inches shorter than he is. Uh, the drink drive deaths hit an eight-year high. Subo's back on tour. Rivetingly dull and unexciting. And you've not been bin recycling. You've not been recycling enough. You see, I don't do the recycling bit. I know it makes me a bad person, but frankly, you know, we've all got one, one cross to bear in our lifetime, and mine is I don't do recycling. Bad enough trying to be organised for other things. Lego's getting a digital overhaul with toys which come alive using a phone app. Whee! Just a love Lego. We, we only have a red and white Lego. Nowadays they've got lots of different coloured Lego and, it, and we had enough and some windows so you could make it half a house. So we used to call it Condemned. It was a lot easier. But only red and white Lego. Somebody gave us a big bag of it, me and my brother, and we used to play with red and white Lego. I just love it. It was a Lego version of me. Don't be so silly, of course. Why would there be a Lego version of me? What Christmas presents? What Christmas presents? Was there a Lego version of me? For a... Was there? I can't remember last... What's he on about? What are you on about? Stupid boy. You're talking about there was no Lego version of me at Christmas. Where'd you get this? What are you on? Are you... You didn't make one for me at all. Honestly, why does he make up these stories, Chris? Honestly, I've never known anything like it. <laughs> I don't remember that. No, exactly. You don't remember it. I don't remember because it never happened. That's why. In his fantasy, he probably had a dream that he made me a Lego version of me. And then when, when he... And he's get, because he believes it in his mind. He believes in his mind that that's what it is. But you never made me a Lego version of me. Yeah, well, why would you make a Lego version of me? That's a bit... Odd, isn't it? You know, like me making a pipe cleaner version of you, which wouldn't be happening anyway. And um, all the best for today's appointment, says my friend Rich. He says, I'm on my 21st car. 21 cars. Actually, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest, Rich. That really doesn't. 21 cars. How many cars you had, Chris? How many cars have you had? How many cars do you think you've had? Two. That's it. How many, how many, there we go, nothing at all. You know why? Because you're with the Lego man. 
which you're with the Lego man. You can't... Have you never passed a test? Please, God, it never happens. Please, God. I mean, I don't want to be rude about it, but frankly, if ever you're going to be on the road, I want to be off the road. I want somebody to phone me and say he's on the road. <laughs> you failed on parallel parking. I don't think... To be honest with you, I don't think you're sensible enough to actually, to actually have a driving licence. Seriously. I mean, whereas I'm a brilliant driver... I'm very good indeed. I don't think you'd be. Uh, I don't think you'd be up to it. No, of course you don't. But you don't live in London, do you? You're just part time here. You really live in Aberdeen, and uh, you know you you could take a car up there and you could drive all the way up there. But I suspect you'd be bored after about the first mile. <laughs> He's so funny. Uh, not in a good way. Coming up very shortly, the families of the ISIS bride say she should be forgiven. As I say, obviously not in tune with the rest of the country. Definitely not. The Daily Pill could halt senior moments like losing your keys. The search for Shackleton's ship is called off. Jan Hunt, ex of Crackerjack, Crackerjack, is raring to get back on the show at the age of 81. The Chuckle Brothers' hometown has snubbed them. 14 days on, fears grow for missing Libby. Mylene Class is pregnant again. Why some people can eat like a horse and stay slim, and there's no public interest in prosecuting Prince Philip over the car crash. Woman with hand in bandage has jumped to uh, to her own defence. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Friday. Friday. You just need to say the word, don't you? Say it to yourself twice. Friday. Why do we like Friday? End of the week. Uh, unless, of course, you work weekends. In which case... Boo, Friday, horrible. Means you've got to get ready for work tomorrow. But it doesn't matter, actually. It doesn't matter. Peter says you're dead right about hospital appointments. My wife went for a routine mammogram, which identified a potential problem. Further investigation revealed the presence of cancer. But because it had been identified so early, treatment was relatively straightforward. It's true, actually. Uh, you know, if ever they offer you appointments, in fact, in my, my doctor's surgery, I've got to go in, actually, for a, a non-fasting blood test. And uh, it's it's a case of this is how many people cancelled their appointments last month. And you think, are you that confident that you can just cancel an appointment when, you know, they're, they're going to help you to try and to try and get you better? I mean, it's a bit naughty, isn't it, really, to cancel it? But people do either because you're frightened of going or you just you just don't don't want to go for some reason. Ron says a bit of a leap there, the Mazda to the rolls. I know they, they seem to keep it for ages before they sold it. It was done as a. a a trade-in. Live in Chelmsford, says, uh, we have to keep you fit. I know. Well, I think I am relatively... Well, well, we'll know after today. I don't want to state categorically I think I'm fit, because I think compared to some people, I'm probably not fit at all. Uh, Ron says, I'm on my 55th car. They've all been old dunkers of similar appearance, so I guess I'm still on my first car. Yeah, I mean, Dorm and Dorm has had 17 cars. Seventy. Some people like buying cars. I'm, I mean, I don't buy that many. Well, quite clearly, as you can tell. I mean, normally I buy a car now and I keep it for a year, a couple of years, three years. I think the most I ever kept one for was three years. And then I, then I sort of changed them. They always say the, the reason to change a car is when it starts costing money. And so if you've got a car and it's a bit of an old banger and it starts costing... I always say to somebody, get rid. Because it's only going to cost you more and more money. All you're doing is patching it up every time which isn't so good. So the moment a car starts costing money, get rid. Get rid. Uh, imagine if there was only one studio. The cleaner popped into a bit of hoovering during the ad. And you, in this building, I've lost track of how many studios there are, actually. On this floor, one, two, three, four, five, six. So there's six 
Yeah, we don't know how many deaths. I can't remember, actually. There's about, on average, six a floor, something like that. A floor above here. You think it's more than that? Yeah. Are we counting news booths and stuff like that? Or in which case, then, there's, there's loads of studios in this building. Loads. Even I lose track. I remember the first time we moved in, they gave you a book to get you around the building so that you could find out where everything, uh, where everything was. I was still none the wiser. I said, there are still floors here that I've never... Oh, God. Uh, there are still floors here that I've never actually been on because they keep reorganising them. Do you do... It, what? What's the matter? What's the matter? You, do, you, like, you have a nice weekend. I think you're working this weekend, aren't you? Oh, great. So I look forward to seeing you. Will you be wearing a different outfit or the same one? I'm talking to the newsreader, Josh, because he's now leaving to go and catch his... Uh, Bus and to try and get him a train. Sorry, train. Where, whereabouts you catch the train from? Oh, right. You're literally a hop, skip, and a and a, 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 a yes. And and your fan. Are you available to, to do? Are you doing personal appearances at the moment for a good fee? You're not in the Gemma Collins camp, are you? Thirteen grand an appearance. They think. You're not that well. You're close to being that big. I mean, I think you are actually. If we put you next to uh, to Gemma Collins, I think bookends. Do you not think so? I just saw some nice bookends the other day. Paddington Bear bookends. Great to see you. He's he's wearing a little jacket, a little over the shoulder bag, and and a t-shirt. And I said, because he comes from Kent, and I said, will the summer version of that just be minus the jacket? And he went, yes. <laughs> so just with a t-shirt. He doesn't possess. He doesn't possess a shirt. We've never seen him in a shirt. You know, I expect people who read the news to turn up in a dinner jacket. You know, you can't be that lucky, can you? Uh, Steve, uh, chicken pox update. Current count is 55 spots and the five-year-old's insisting I call him chicken pox guy, says Tracy. Yeah, I can't remember what the side effects of chicken pox were. I just remember you, you got to spend time in bed. And we didn't spend too much time looking at the spot. You just knew that I've got chicken pox. And I can't remember if I felt ill or if I if I didn't. Julie says, good luck at the hospital. I'm sure you'll be updating. I will. I will be updating. It, it depends what the news is. If, it, if it's not particularly good news, I shall not be updating. Well, actually, of course, I will be. Uh, so, if you've just woken up, this is LBC. I'm Steve Allen. Early breakfast, with you till seven. And it's sort of, I was going to say, most days, it's a humorous take on the news. Unfortunately, today, because it's, it's occupied, and we did it yesterday, and everybody did it overnight again, this is the uh, the ISIS Brits bid to flee Syria because she obviously wants to take full advantage of all the. F- oh, sorry, all the. F- Why is it doing that? It's got a mind of its own. Um, she wants to take. Yes, you think ISIS sounds like Syria? Does it? Might do actually, but uh, no, I don't think so. But it, it burst into life with "What can I help you with?" So I decided to ignore it. So here she is. She's a miserable-looking devil. Of course she would be. She left home at fifteen. How many? Children, do you know? If ever I left home when I was sort of like 12, 13, 14, my mother found me in the shed at the bottom of the garden. She goes to Syria so she can have, uh, you know, radicalization. I mean, obviously, the uh, ISIS fighters, I wouldn't, as I said at the beginning of the programme, I wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her. I think she tells lies. I think she's devious. She was part of a terrorist organisation. She's pregnant with a, with a terrorist's or a murdering paedophile's child for the third time. She's never voiced regrets or shown remorse for joining up with the Islamist butchers. And permanent exclusion is an option for officials. Good. Good. Let her stay out there. The reason that she's doing this is because she suddenly started thinking, oh, people are getting a bit nearer. So she's run to the hills, to the refugee camp, where there's 35,000 people. And now she thinks that we're going to take her back in and we're going to pay for her to have a child. Well, let's make the parents pay, shall we? You're so keen on it. Why don't you send money out to her? Let, let's solve the problem for everybody. So the full astonishing story, because when you actually look at the 
at the sort of the tie lines on it. Uh, I mean, quite clearly, you know, she she fled the UK at 15 to join ISIS. Now she wants the NHS to look after the baby. No, you look after it, dear. You look after it. Her husband, incidentally, was linked to an ISIS terror cell planning Paris-style attacks. There were three of them welt over there. Khadiza Sultana and uh, uh, Amira Abbasi and then Shamina Begum. Uh, she says she has no regrets at joining ISIS. Well, I tell you what, you stay where you are then, darling. You stay where you are. Nobody wants you in this country, apart from your parents. What a shame you embarrassed them. What a shame you brought shame on them as well. But uh, anyway, uh, they reckon that Amira Abbasi was killed in an airstrike, but Begum claims she heard they're still alive. And these are supposed to be friends from school, you know, radicalised, or as I prefer to call it, people of simple nature, who get taken in by all sorts of things. And uh, she's freely admitted... When she saw her first severed head, it didn't faze me at all. Good. Well, there you go then, love. Unfortunately, we're a bit more above that kind of thing in this country. But Brendan O'Neill, writing in The Sun, says, Sorry, but this is not your home anymore. No, you've made your bed and you must uh, you lie in it. Three options. Shamira Began cannot simply board a plane home to Britain. ISIS routinely stripped foreign fighters and their families of passports and ID documents before destroying them in a bid to stop them fleeing. Ministers said they don't plan to launch a rescue mission and there's no British consulate in Syria to support her. Good. Good. I couldn't care less. You stay there. You stay there. Sources yesterday indicated the government had three main options. The first is to ban her from Britain permanently, stripping her of UK citizenship. The first, the second is to prosecute her in her absence of being in a designated terror area under new powers which came into force this week. And the third is to allow the teenager to return only to then slap a strict terrorism prevention investigative measure order to monitor closely. What, waste money on her? Waste money on her? I don't think so. Other legal options include issuing a temporary exclusion order used just nine times in 2017 and it bars a British citizen from coming back to the UK unless they agree to be investigated, monitored and de-radicalised. But as I say, she's a compulsive liar. I wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her. I seriously wouldn't. I think she's a, a devious, nasty little piece of work. You know, ask her that one simple question. That's all you have to do. The one simple question. Come on. Do you renounce everything that ISIS stands for? She'll be going... Either no comment or no. It's as simple as that. She shows no no remorse at all. The picture of her on the front is a, of an arrogant, uh, an arrogant person of limited intelligence, and that's the best you can uh, you can describe it as. Mike says Gemma Collins got thirteen grand a show. No, that's what they were hoping to get from uh, from sad little discos and nightclubs and everything else. Uh, but I think what they've done is said, oh, she's determined to cash in on it. What for being a loser? for being a major loser, for falling over, for basically just... Uh, apparently, according to her dancer friend, he said she tried to quit four times from dancing on ice, which, of course, would be in keeping with her status of I can't do anything because I'm fat and useless. Silicon Valley Sue says we'll be sending a prayer and good thoughts for the test today. Uh, when will you let us know the test results? Probably... Oh, sorry, I just stuck my finger in my cup of tea. Uh, probably on uh, either Sunday morning or I shall, I shall do it later on today. I'll see, see what state I'm in. You know, if, if it's a good state, I'll be tweeting good state. If, it, if it's not, I might not... Say, no, I don't want to say that, because that's dreadful, isn't it? <laughs> People start getting a bit panicky. He's not said anything. What's happened? Why has he not said anything? So I, I shall try and, I'll try and let you know. But it's not till 12.20, so... 12.20, so the earliest you could hear, probably, is coming up to about one o'clock. That'll be the time I'll be sitting on the bus going back, going, oh, well, that was all right. <laughs> That's the theory. Anyway, the Duchess of Cornwall, it's such a good story. She gets in a cab and the driver starts talking about her without knowing it's her. What she's doing in the back of a cab, I've got no idea. 
Uh, one in five of us have fallen out with friends over rows over money. Never let a, never lend a friend money. It, it could ruin a friendship. Seriously, it's, it's very, very difficult. And, uh, you know, I can remember, I lent somebody some money years and years ago, and I'd forgotten I'd lent the person some money. And it was quite a substantial amount. And I can remember the tax man came back years and years and years ago and, um, and said, what's, what's this money? Where's that gone? And for the life of it, I couldn't remember. I could not remember where this money had gone. And then I remembered some years later, by that time it was a bit too late because they'd investigated. I think they, they thought I was, I was offshoring because it was a few thousand pounds. And I'd lent it to a friend of mine who paid it back in dribs and drabs. So it didn't go out as one lump sum and come back in as one lump sum. It came back in as, you know, £100 here, 150 here, 1000 that whatever it happened to be. And, uh, um, and the tax man thought I was offshoring. I thought, God, if I was offshoring. <laughs> Talking of Lego, do you remember Brick Player? You actually had bricks in a sort of grey cement. Yes, I had it uh, when we were based at Coningsby, REF Coningsby. And it, they were proper little bricks and you made up. You mixed up the, the cement and then you made houses. It was rubbish because it never actually set properly. Never set properly, but it was quite, it was quite good at the same time. But uh, I got it for my 10th birthday from Mum and Dad. I opened the box. Dad made a detached house with it. The following birthday, I got a carpet maker, which Mum made. Thank God I got a bike the next year, says Ray. <laughs> I'd be the same. Do you remember when you used to ask for presents for Christmas? You used to ask for certain things. I wanted um, um, a reel-to-reel tape machine, and I got one. It cost 25 quid, and, and that was my Christmas and birthday present. Nowadays, it seems ridiculous, doesn't it? £25. Never had a new bike, always a second-hand bike, which my dad, you know, repaired and painted up and everything else. Very, re- very resourceful, my dad. Very resourceful. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Honestly, so I ordered this thing the other day from JML Online, and it comes through very quick and very good. And uh, service nice, and with it comes a catalogue uh, of other JML products. So I pick something out that I want, and um, it turns out they don't have it anymore. This was an old catalogue. Completely ruined my day. It was a belt which doesn't have holes in it. It grips onto the side, so it adjusts for, for most waist sizes, including mine. Uh, Steve, what test have you got to have? Is it angioplasty? No, no. Uh, no, it's not. It's it's the aorta thing, which is good. It's nice. I caught uh, chickenpox at 35. Ill or what, says Tina? Oh, fatal. You know, that, well, not fatal, but I mean, you know, it's not very nice at 35. Hacking cough, face like a green blob. Delirious. I mean, not well for a long time afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, you're supposed to have all these things when you're young. The whooping cough, the chickenpox, mumps, you know, whatever that you've got. Dreadful. Uh, Mo says, I had my beloved Vauxhall, uh, Volkswagen Passat. For 28 years, she had less than 170,000 miles on the clock, but I couldn't get parts for her brakes, so now I've got to look for a second car. Oh, you must be able to buy brake parts for a Vauxhall Passat. You must be able to. They would still, you'd find those. There'd be people who'd be servicing cars like that. Perhaps with somebody else's brake. Take it to a garage and ask them what else they can do. They'll have an answer. They'll have an answer. They're like that in garages. They're very useful. Very, very nice. Uh, here's uh, Anton Deck. They step in as the X Factor ends early. Also, Gary Lineker, there's something creepy about Gary Lineker, says he once avoided a red card on the road because of his football fame. He knocked a motorcyclist off his bike in London. He said the biker was sent flying across the highway and was going mad at him when he got up, but Lineker said the man calmed down when he realised it was the former England hero who'd hit him with his car. Good Lord. He does a football podcast. 
Oh, how dull. How dull and boring. There you go. Uh, also, uh, Alan Carr and Graham Norton are to be judges on the UK version of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's an eight-part uh, show, honestly. The BBC, everything like that. They've, they've become so liberal at the BBC. Let's do drag. Let's do drag. Let's put Graham Norton on there. Can we find another gay presenter? Oh, Alan Carr's gay. Let's wheel him in. It's uh, all these sort of things. And then the picture of Anton Deck uh, blacking up as women. Two old ladies. And then somebody uh, somebody uh, said it was, it was absolutely dreadful. And then somebody else stopped trying to create something out of nothing. It's racist. It's racist you don't dress up as two black women. Comedy or otherwise. Are they putting on the voice as well? I don't know if they're putting on the voice. I suspect they might have been, actually. The controversy over blackface has been rumbling for centuries. Because Katy Perry the other day had to take off her shoes because they were selling shoes which looked like they were sort of... It was part of the black and white minstrel show. It was terrible. But uh, mind you, when they they visited Corrie, they appeared as Japanese girls and they did a Bollywood prank with Peter Andre. Oh, poor Peter Andre. It's so funny, isn't it? Bless him. He turned up the other day on another, or is it coming up? I can't remember, television programme, which is uh, which is sort of Peter Andre eating lots of food. And he's playing Teen Angel in, uh, in Greece. I mean, that's obviously as good as it gets, I suppose. Still waiting, uh, still waiting for that film that he was talking about in America, flying backwards and forwards, going to be a big film star in America, because Peter Andre's an actor, sort of. I don't know when. And, uh, and then we're waiting for the tour of... Uh, of Australia to come back on again. That was cancelled due to lack of interest. But don't worry, it'll be going back on again. Carolyn says the ISIS girl is described as heavily pregnant and at nearly nine months pregnancy. If permission were to be granted, surely no airline would be prepared to carry her at such a late state of pregnancy. I don't... I don't you think not? No. Well, I, I don't know. But also, she's left it too late. That's why alarm bells ring. Ting, ding, ting, ding. She's left it to nine months down the line to go, I think I want my baby to be born in Britain. I think not. You dump Britain. You know why? Because you hate us. You hate us. Uh, Steve, the Passat is a Volkswagen. I said it was Volkswagen. I say Vox... Well, yeah, the Vauxhall Volkswagen. Everybody knows about that, I mean, surely. Uh, Greg says the JML belt is in stock on eBay. I don't want to buy it from eBay. I make it my business in life not to buy stuff from eBay. Uh, had my scan on May aorta, had me straight in hospital, put a stent in. Oh, I've already got stents. Stents are dull. I've got six stents in, so there you go. And uh, waiting for the follow-up scan the end of February. It's all happened over the last three months at St George's Hospital. Chris in Chessington says, When I was younger, I used to pray every day that I'd get a new bike. But it never worked, so I stole one and prayed for forgiveness. Da, 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 da. You mustn't steal bikes. It's very naughty. Very naughty. I want to do... I think, I think on the internet, there's bait bike. I think it's a very similar thing to the bait car. You know, with these tow rags, get in a car, and you know, we've got the car and all the rest of it. And then the car locks them in, and you can see the panic on their faces. <laughs> Always entertaining, as far as I'm concerned. My favourite, though, is uh, two people, I think in America, going on a ride called a slingshot. It's like something you used to have with a, a thing. And so it's a, it's a seat with two people in it and you're on a giant elastic band and they wind it down to the ground and then they let you go and you shoot up in the air. But this time they decided to prank the bloke on it who was having a really bad time. He was frightened. He's going... And, and the, the girl who's with him going, shut the up. You know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. He's going, what? And then just at the last minute, 
as they were about to set the slingshot off, the guy there pranked him and said, wait a minute, you've got to do your belt up tighter. It's too loose. You'll fall out. And it was at that moment they sent it up into the air. He screamed all the way up because he thought he was going to fall out of it. I thought it was hilarious. But there again, I have a sick sense of humour. And they go, ah, because he's seriously, I mean, I've, I've been on the chairplanes. Have you been on the one at, when they did it at um, uh, a Winter Wonderland, which I didn't go to this year? Mainly because I think it's... Oh, I did go to it this year. I do, I beg, do beg your pardon. Sorry. Uh, it was so expensive. We didn't actually do any rides. So I don't think so. The one ride Darren wanted to go on, I don't want to go anywhere near it. It looked a bit... It just swings backwards and forwards. I thought, well, I can live without that at my time of life. And um, and so it's a case of... We went on the chairplane ages ago, a couple of years back. And it goes up and then it goes up and up and up and up and up. And you're still going round at high speed. The only thing that's holding you in there is a little bar. And some little chains coming up. Light little chains. Not horses. Little chains. Seriously. Wouldn't hold a rabbit hutch up there. And I clung on for grim death. I couldn't wait for this thing to blooming stop. It was awful. My mechanic tried the garages, said Mo. The internet in the local scrapyards. No luck. Oh. VW discontinued parts quite early. It was a bit ridiculous when the car's still available, wasn't it? Uh, Maz says, I remember getting a toy potter's wheel one Christmas. I popped the wet clay on the wheel... Press the pedal and whoosh! The curtains, the walls and the carpet all covered in brown goo. Couldn't find my present on Boxing Day. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Chrissy says, buckle free belts on Amazon. I don't want to go to Amazon. I wanted to buy it from JML. I wanted to be one of those, you know, loyal customers. But we, we don't get rewarded anymore for being loyal customers. Uh, Ron says, the company that claimed to buy any car must have a lot of cars by now. Time to make them an offer for, for one of them, I think. Go on, you do it. Go and see them. Patrick says, assuming you've been, is Strawberry Hill House out of your way? Worth a visit? Yeah, it's worth a visit. It's not out of my way at all. Absolutely not. It's less than, less than half a mile from me. Uh, don't worry about your test, says Roger. It's easy. Uh, if it's huge, it'll mean a major keyhole op, but you will survive. I had a ruptured AAA life-changing, but nine years on, I'm still here. Still drink a little, but gave up. Mm, but he's 71. Thank you for the show. It keeps me sane. Lord, imagine a show being responsible for keeping somebody sane. I quite like that idea. Again, for at the umpteenth day this week, no Daily Express. Are they printing it anymore or have they just given up completely? Awful. Two fizzy drinks a day raises a woman's heart risk, which is not very good, is it? And inside, the severed head didn't phase me. So here they are, February 2015. Shamina Begum and two classmates fly from Gatwick to Istanbul after telling parents they're going out for the day. No no question on this air- aircraft about where they're going to at all. Uh, they take a bus through Turkey, cross into Syria. Within days, they wed IS fighters. Bearing in mind she's 15, the IS fighters are paedophiles, as we all know. Uh, she's married to this guy called Jaeger, who's now 27. Then they move to uh, a camp. Daughter Saraya, born in April. Begum slightly wounded in an airstrike in late 2017. Early 2018, with ISIS losing territory, the family moves south. Uh, Jaira born in March. The Caliphate in November 2018 suffer heavy losses. Jaira dies of malnutrition aged eight months old. Uh, in uh, late 2018, they moved to uh, Bagus for ISIS's last stand. In January 2019, Saraya dies of illness at 21 months. 1st of Feb 2019, they surrender to STF troops. It's the last time she sees her husband... Begum, heavily pregnant, taken by coach to a refugee camp at Al Hall. In other words, there was a very good chance she was going to get shot 
And so they took the easy option out. So, uh, so now what? Now what? She wants passage to Britain, but uh, Britain has no embassy or consulate in Syria, so she'll have to get herself out of the war zone. Because uh, most people that I've heard discussing everything uh, is the fact that they, they don't want to pay for it. You know, they, they don't want to pay. Well, they don't want to hear, first of all. They don't want to pay for it either. I mean, how a, how a schoolgirl from Bethnal Green was groomed into an ISIS bride uh, is beyond belief. I agree. But she was prepared to take that risk, dump her parents, say basically thank you for nothing. And the parents are now going, oh, she can come back. And this country's going, I don't think so. We don't. You can't trust her. She is absolutely untrustworthy. It's as simple as that. Uh, also, that big question for la- not just ladies, for men as well. How can some people eat like horses and still stay slim. It's just, I mean, I find it depressing. I've only got a look at a cream cake from Patisserie Valerie, which has been saved, by the way. So uh, that's exciting. Perhaps they'll revamp the inside and come up with be- better food on sale. The, the cakes and everything else we don't have a problem with. But let's have some better food, shall we? That'd be quite a nice idea, because it's uh, it's not really very good at the moment. And uh, whoever is, I don't know who's put money in, I can't remember. We'll find out, actually, after the news. It's a company we've never heard of, but they've obviously decided that that's what you want on the high street. I think we want better food, thank you. We've uh, we, we've changed a little bit. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Company. 26 minutes to six, Friday. Yeah. Uh, Shane says, remember to wipe your chest properly. I didn't. My shirt was sticking to me when I was on the train. <laughs> Probably the heat, I should imagine. And Dallas says, apart from being completely sick and treacherous, the ISIS woman sounds like a seriously unfit mother. Apparently. Now, w- work this one out for me. Her mother broke down in East London last night after speaking to her long-lost daughter by phone, telling her to just come home. You're obviously out of step with what this country wants. So we don't want filth like that here, thank you very much indeed. Her brother-in-law said he understood why people in this country are angry but don't want her back. Good, try and transmit it to the mother. Try and transmit it to the mother. And uh, in which paper is the report of two fizzy drinks harming women's heart rate? Every paper. Every paper. Every paper. You can find it in the... Ma- you find it for yourself. Who is that? Am I finding this for somebody working here or whatever? Yeah, two fizzy diet drinks a day raises a woman's heart risk. Find it on the internet. Find it on the internet. Uh, Steve, the weather in uh, Loch Caron is dry and cold. About to drive to Inverness shortly for the dentist and a haircut. Who like, what, what at this time of the morning? I mean, some days I've thought, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to have a haircut at this time of the morning. It never works out, actually. And who likes the dentist? Not me, says Mr Craig. Uh, Paul says brakes are still available for the Passat. Uh, you should try Euro car parts. Other suppliers are available. And uh, totally agree with you regarding the ISIS girl. I don't think, I think that's what everybody's saying in the country. There's no way she should ever be allowed back here. She's quite clearly devious, untrustworthy and a compulsive liar. No, I'm sorry. What, you just, you've had a little of an adventure, have you, dear? And you think you just pop back into the country with your beliefs? I think not. That's the whole idea. We're trying to weed out scum like you. Thank you very much indeed. Pregnant or otherwise. Pregnant or otherwise, you know, you you stay in the refugee camp. You stay there, OK? You go and stay with your husband, your husband. Because now, having dumped the parent, she's prepared to dump the husband. Lord knows, I wonder what lawyer could manage to find way for him to come back into the country. The snowflakes are turning their noses up at late-night bar work, fearing it will upset their sleep. One club boss says such feeble attitudes now threaten the whole night bar industry. Because people don't want to work late. In, in clubs. And I don't really know why not, actually. I thought loads of people have wanted to work in, in clubs. It could be quite nice. But they're, they're saying no. 
They don't want to. They are too lazy. Many young adults are turning down lucrative pub, bar and club jobs because they don't want to ruin their sleep. Club manager Ken Wright said he struggles to hire staff. He says, I'm constantly bewildered at the thought process of graduates seeking work behind or in front of a busy bar open seven days a week until 3am. Yes, I mean, I, I, I sort of came from a club world, so it was it was quite normal to work in clubs till three in the morning. We just got used to doing it. And now it's like working here. When we were talking to James McVeigh yesterday, he sort of wanted to know the, the timing of everything. You know, and I said, oh, I'm in here generally by about, you know, two o'clock in the morning, something like that, which doesn't give you that long. By the time you've had a cup of tea and you've wandered through through the papers. Oh, yes, cup of tea. We've remembered, have we? Oh, here we go. We're going to lose him again for the next ten minutes. I've got my own cup. Thank you. You don't need to go wandering to any other radio station, chatting to people, you know, whilst you... Uh, I don't know why I bother actually with this. Every day it's a farce with this cup of tea. He's either going to come in. He's got. She's gone off again. He hasn't, hasn't taken my cup. Oh, we're, so so um, anyway. I've been set a time limit. Don't put your hands on the top of my cup. Thank you. Yeah, you've got to be back in three minutes, but don't touch the top of my cup. Okay, just telling you that now. You keep your hands off it. He's got his wallet in his back pocket. Do you think I can pick it? Without him knowing, I reckon. I, I reckon there won't be anything in it, will there? I think he's already said he doesn't keep anything in his wallet. Lorraine, Lorraine in Spain says, "Wish my husband Gordon happy birthday today. We were hoping to go out for lunch today and out with the family tomorrow. Had to cancel. They're both ill. Oh, that's not good, is it? You don't want to be ill. Heavens above. Illness is 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 not a nice thing to uh, to have. And um, why did I open that one there? It's a, what comes up? Oh, J, so it was JML. I thought they were responding to my insert. Where's the belt? No good sending me a blooming catalogue. You don't even have it, you know. In, it's not even on the website. And uh, did you see Nick Ferrari speechless on Sky News when Rachel Johnson went topless? No, but I heard about it. I heard about it. Majid thought it was very funny. As he would, probably, I should imagine. <laughs> Hit the spike with you at four o'clock this morning, just as I was hitting Smithfield Meat Market. Fully loaded now, back to Epping. Funniest thing on television yesterday was Arge tried to sing to his beautiful girlfriend, the GC. I never knew he was so big. It's like they've stuck his head on a very, very inflated Mr Blobby, wearing a very badly fitting suit. It's these poncy-looking bow ties and everything else he wears. and all this, it's, it's something that he's, he's, he's not the full ticket, as we all know. He's had a, he's had a problem. He said he was going to try and lose seven stone. Yeah, Jack and Ori, Jack and Ori. It won't happen, of course. He's uh, he is talentless, completely talentless. And then he sings to her, and they go, "Oh, it's it's like embarrassing, isn't it? Like embarrassing when he sort of he says, oh, she wanted the Dorchester and the flowers and all the rest of it. It's going to cost money.' I thought you've obviously got no money at all. Read the tea order, says Andy. Like I said, get a flask. Still there, girly boy. Still hanging around. Oh, get a flask. Get a flask. Oh, look, there's a flask. Oh, I can't believe it. We don't do flasks around here. We have kitchens. About 15 in this building. So uh, probably not like you down in Rochester. Down to the stream, get some water, clean your clothes on stones and then go back. And then did you see the other day there was a picture of uh, Katie Price in her kitchen or whatever it was. Could have been any part of the house. The broken window, which she's blamed on Harvey. She was cooking on a primer stove. Perhaps the electricity's been cut off. Oh, very embarrassing. Uh, Victoria Beckham's launching a skincare range. Woo, very exciting. Because apparently she's hugely successful. Obviously the reports in the paper suggest otherwise, but there you go. Uh, no public interest in prosecuting uh, Prince Philip, as indeed we, we assumed there wouldn't be. 
you know, why would you want to, why would you want to prosecute him? There was obviously some reason. The police have obviously decided that uh, that's very plausible, and the Crown Prosecution Service. So it's only the old biddy with the with the arms still in the sling, probably still trying to milk that one, who says, you know, why why was he not prosecuted? Because there are cleverer people than you, dear, out there. That's why. And why is it that some people can eat like a horse and stay slim? It's metabolism. I think it's to do with with um, also metabolism. I don't know. It's Thank you. He's here. He's, he's... See, you can do it, can't you? Don't talk. Don't talk. But you, you can actually do it. You can actually make a cup of tea in less than ten minutes. It is entirely possible to... Please don't speak. He did that in three minutes. Of course he did, because you know he's, he's, on, he's on a trouble thing, aren't you? Don't speak. I'm not allowed to speak. Okay, but you can do it. Is there any hot buttered toast out there? No. God, do you know if we asked him to go and find hot buttered toast at this time of the morning, what, do you think we'd ever find it? Half eight, hot buttered toast. We want half half past eight, hot buttered toast. And shut the door now. It's better. You can hear it close, can't you? A bit nice big clunk on the door. He's in a very funny mood today. He was in a funny mood yesterday. He kept coming and sitting next to me whilst I was trying to work. And, uh, you know, I was trying to deal with... He's got himself, what, a tea or hot buttered toast? Don't tell me he's got hot buttered toast. I couldn't bear it. Actually, apparently I'm not supposed to eat before this thing. This They said don't eat too much. So uh, so I shan't be having a bacon roll. He's very odd, actually. I don't know why. He was odd yesterday when he kept... Oh, green. Oh, so pretentious. Pretentious, moi, je. Yes, absolutely. But yesterday he kept coming sitting next to me. Oh, Steve, do you need... Uh, uh, no, go away. Go away. You know, he, he was OK when we were recording the interview. He, he, when he puts his mind to it, it can be quite good. It's just that we haven't found his mind, so it's a little bit different. Uh, difficult. I agree with you about GC and Arge, but why or why do the newspapers give these downs, uh, down and out, so much time? Um, because people are interested. We laugh at failure. We laugh at failure. That's, that's, what it, <laughs> that's why it is. You laugh at her, but she's so talentless. And yet she thinks she's being really clever. She's as thick as Joey Essex and he's disappeared. It's a bit like, uh, you know, Prince Andrew's daughters. They've actually disappeared completely. Mainly because the papers only say, I'm sorry, do you work? Have you actually done a day's work recently? Trucker Joe says, working late in pubs and clubs upset their sleep. Try driving a truck starting any time from midnight for up to 15 hours a day. No social life or sleep. No. Somebody, I said to somebody, actually, strangely, we were talking about this yesterday and today. I said, you know, I never understand people that complain. They go, oh, I can't work nights. I can't do this. But go and do something else. Go and do something else. I mean, where else would you find a, a company where you can take the mickey out of Scottish boy? Something chronic. You can get him doing things. Can I have some water? Thank you. You watch. I can make him get up. Dad. I've changed my mind. I don't want any water. No, I'll have water. It's like doing the hokey-cokey round here. You know, up, down, up, down, shake it all about. You do the hokey-cokey and you turn around. And that's why we call him Tom. Ooh, get me some water. <laughs> that's why I'm sitting here, mate. That's why I'm sitting here. And you're sitting there, typing away. Dear Mummy, I want to come home. I don't like it here anymore. <laughs> yeah. I know, I can't believe they're going away. I think that... When was the last time you saw them? I mean... Oh, here we go. It's going to be quite a long while ago. This is his parents. He goes back. He goes... He'll be arriving on the Friday at about five o'clock. Three o'clock, they're on holiday. So he can't see them. He saw your mum... The last... Oh, August last year was the last time he saw both of his parents. Well, 
We called them his parents. Uh, I said, get a DNA test. You can't, you know, it might be somebody different. You don't know. You could have been brought up under a gooseberry bush or something. And then you should, and, and he's going there to go and see them and go, hello, I'm your long lost son. And I'm doing really well. People like me. I'm very popular. I've got a girlfriend. And, uh, and, and, and yes. And so I'm here. And they go, we're on holiday. But by the way, can you feed the dogs while we're away? Dreadful, isn't it, really? Dreadful. I mean, I can't understand it. Mind you, sometimes you don't go back, do you, and see your parents all that time. When you move away from home, you're on the phone all the time to your mum. Your mum's going, are you eating properly? Are you regular? You know, they always want to know these sort of things. And then you go, I'm coming home this weekend. Oh, we're not there this weekend. All of a sudden, they're having a whale of a time, which they are. Have you visited Kingly Court next to Carnaby Street? No. I don't even know what it is. What is it? Just a restaurant. Do they still think it's Christmas at Sandy's in Twickenham? Yes. Yes, he does. He leaves them up for ages. And mind you, I have to be honest, I think this is about the latest. He's not been well. He's not been well. I only say this because the lights, they are ablazing. But why? Why not? Listen, if it, Stuart is very happy keeping his, uh, his, his lights up. <laughs> Daniel is driving to work for a Barbados. Driving to work for a Barbados something. Could be a meal or something that sounds quite nice, doesn't it? What do we get for breakfast in Barbados? Will it be fresh fruit? Fresh fruit could be lovely. Uh, why does Arge look like a huge pear with a head on top? Have you heard him sing? He just changes his voice to sound like Orville the Duck and thinks he's a crude... Oh, he never could sing at all. Janice says, when Philip Schofield kept saying there was going to be a surprise singer on this morning, I got all excited, expecting Michael Bublé. Imagine the disappointment when it's Arge, short for large. I know, what a talentless person. But that's, that's the age that we're in. Jane says, Arge really does put the Arge in large. I know, it's, it's just fat. That's all it is. British Airways are painting four planes in different liveries, says Salim. One is in BOAC livery, British Overseas Airways Corporation, in celebration of the 100th anniversary. Is one of them done like a whale? I've seen a picture of a plane that looks like a whale. Matt from Stenning says, Yesterday, while listening to my oxymoric CD of Peter Andre's greatest hit, I found some premium bonds from 1957. Have you ever won any prizes? No. My brother's got all the premium bonds. I'm not bothered. Seriously, I know it sounds really lame, but I'm really not bothered at all about things like that. You need about... Somebody said to me, why don't you get 20,000 quid's worth? Well, pff, show me 20,000 quid. Ian in Warwick says it would be great if you were to present your show topless or even completely naked. If it was shown, I'd tune in. Of course you would. Everybody would tune in, including my boss, I should imagine. Uh, Holly says, I'm sure the ISIS girl and her family would receive lucrative offers for their stories to be published for any number of book deals. Who said crime doesn't pay? Well, it's not necessarily crime. It's a terrorist organisation she went over, who she seems to support. No remorse, no nothing at all. She's a, a nasty little piece of work. And uh, most of you seem to think she should never be allowed back to the country. But it's not just people listening to LBC audience at the highest it has been in 46 years. It's It's a case of on Question Time, they thought the same. On Loose Women, they thought the same. Every every organisation, now the Sun have got behind it. They don't want her back here either. Nobody wants her back. Couldn't care less what the family want. Really not interested. Mike says, I wonder how common it is for a driver who causes an accident in which a third party injures, include broken limbs, have their prosecution dropped. Are you talking about um, Prince Philip? Well, she didn't have any broken limbs. That was the thing. That's why they said she's just milking it. Uh, they said at the hospital, she doesn't need to come to the hospital. She's just got a strained arm. That's all it was. And yeah. Is Nick doing that today? I want whether Prince Philip should have been prosecuted. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
Kevin says, Kevin's an expat, breakfast in Barbados is apparently usually a good old British fry-up. Oh, dear. What, what bliss, what happiness. Thank you very much indeed. The uh, Southwest Airlines painted a Boeing 737 as Shamu the Whale. And Timmin Marlowe says the plane shaped like the whale is the Bus Beluga and now the Beluga Plus. It's a specially engineered version of the A380, the Super Jumbo, which was scrapped the other day, built to transport parts from other Airbus manufacturing sites. It did look like a Beluga whale, actually. I mean, you know, I know it's a plane, but it does look like it. Uh, and Steve, if Diet Coke is a risk to women's hearts, well, it's not just that. It's fizzy drinks. They're looking at fizzy drinks, Carolyn. What about the younger generation that drink full-fat Coke? Energy drinks on a daily basis. As a teacher, I see children arrive at school with their bags full of fizzy drinks. They're meant to drink only water. I know. I know. I, I understand your, your dilemma. But then you go into any shops now and it's fizzy drinks available all over the place. I feel sorry for people who drink. What's that stuff? Red Bull. I think, I mean, that really can't be good for you. It's just sugar. I know they do a, a diet version of it. Matt in Stenning is going off to the... Um, uh, he's going to work to he's going to Vienna in March for a few days. My brother's going there for honeymoon later in the year. I don't know why he picked it, picked it actually. It's very odd. But anyway, he said, I noticed you once worked for Blue Danube Radio. Is it a nice city to visit? You'll like it. It looks like any other European city. It looks like any other European city. It's got, I mean, you need to get a travel card, go around the city on a, on a tram. It's a bit old fashioned. Nothing changes. You know, the food is the same. The coffee shop's are the same, the tram system, the buses and things like that. What you need to do is sort of get on a tram or a bus and, and just go wherever it takes you and then get off the other end and have a wander about because that's the only thing you can do. You can go to the Prater, don't go there at night, it's full of hookers. And you can go on the Riesenrad, which is the big wheel which they used in the film The Third Man. Uh, you will see people walking around, bizarre though it might seem, in national costume. You will see people walking around. You'll see Burgenlanders coming in wearing lederhosen, the women wearing the dirndl. You see this all over the place. You'll find hot dog stands. Most of them speak English. They'll sort of put you right on sausages and stuff like that. And you can do a tour of the opera house and uh, just loads of things. You can go down the Kertlerstrasse, which is sort of the posh end of shopping. Maria Hilferstrasse is the cheaper end of the, of the shopping. But it's there's lots of walking, lovely gardens palaces you go to Schönbrunn you go to the zoo at Schönbrunn and uh, it's all doable on on buses and trains and stuff like that or you can push the boat out and go and get on a train just remember it's Austria like Germany their trains run on time if they say it leaves at three and a half minutes past the hour it'll leave at three and a half minutes past the hour all very clean uh, all the taxis are Mercedes in Vienna but uh, the food is not not the most exciting, it has to be said. Their salads are awful. You can go to the Schweizer House in the Prata where they do knuckles of pork, which is quite nice, actually. And, uh, and you can go to any restaurant and just have a drink. You don't need to buy a meal or no minimum charge or anything like that. And they've got everything over there. The only thing they don't seem to have, or they didn't have in the centre, was a Kentucky Fried Chicken. They've got a, um, they've got a McDonald's. But it's, it's been there. I mean, I, I could go back there tomorrow, having not been for years, and it would be exactly the same. Everything would be in exactly the same place. They're all very unhurried. All very unhurried. Try not to cross the road unless the green man is showing. There will be policemen there who will point you in the right direction of you don't cross. There are four KFCs in Vienna. I bet none of are any of them in the middle. I bet there's one in Marie Hilferstrasse or something off Marie Hilferstrasse. That's the sort of road that it is, I thought so. Uh, because that's the sort of place that would have it. Nothing in... Uh, the sort of the posh areas, they'd all be... Even even the, the McDonald's sign off the Kertnerstrasse, which is the posh bit next to the, the Hotel Saka, goes down, it's on the right-hand side. 
uh, they've had to adapt the sign. And they had to change their policy. McDonald's work on the assumption, 10 minutes for you to eat a burger and tiddle off. No, the Austrians will sit. You get little old ladies sitting in McDonald's. It's so sweet. So sweet. They'll sit there half the day nursing a cup of coffee. And nobody says a word. Nobody says a word. It's great. Uh, so now you know all about uh, about Vienna. Steve, the thing for breakfast in Barbados uh, is is a hangover. <laughs> Swayze says that. So See, the funny I don't do hangovers. I don't. Uh, Steve, I thought I read the lady in the accident suffered a broken arm. No, no, it was a strained wrist. Uh, that's why there was nothing for the for the hospital to do. She was milky. Every time she turned up, they said, uh, uh, that kind of thing. So now the public prosecutor has made this decision. Uh, new colour, Beverly in Highgate says. Hot news on the fashion aisles. Mustard is the season's new colour. Scottish boy is trendy. Yeah, he had that thing the other day. Although, to be honest with you, we don't think it was his. We think he'd been to a charity shop and he'd found it in the window and he'd bought it and it suited him. So he was quite happy. But, I mean, he, he is he is sort of a trendy boy. Compared to me and the producer, we're just sort of like, we're not trendy. I don't think we could ever be considered trendy. But the only thing he doesn't have, which we have, uh, is a trendy haircut. I'm going to go and get a trendy haircut today. He just has the what we used to call the pudding basin cut. In other words, you put the basin on, you cut round, then cut a little bit in so it makes it look as though there's a parting there. But it's not. So, in other words, when he gets out of the shower, he just towel dries it and then just does it with his fingers. He doesn't. I don't think he uses product or anything like that. Or if he does, it's certainly not uh, not noticeable. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Oh, Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Mylene's baby joy. She's sharing it with you. She's uh, she's pregnant, which is good. And uh, who's this? We can't take any more amour because yesterday was Valentine's Day, so they've got loads of people. Jerry Halliwell with her husband Christian, Amir Khan with his current wife. Uh, that's the one who do you remember? He's he's actually not the most faithful person you could ever find. But uh, they're sort of pretending to stay together. His, his parents don't like her, so that doesn't bode well. Ashley Roberts, the attention-seeking. I was a pussycat doll. Of course you were, dear, but now they're defunct. Vicky, Vicky Patterson shows off some flowers she's bought for herself, and uh, Paul McCartney has got flowers as well, uh, with love from me too. Wife Nancy Chevelle. Uh, plus Katya and Neil, the most boring couple in the world. What a dull, dull couple. God, I don't realize people could be that boring. Harry Redknapp, true love for old romantics, because uh, I'm assuming he must have bought her some jam roly poly or something like that. But they, they've sort of got a nice, nice posed picture, which is good, 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 good. Also, the, uh, the, the Daily Mirror running with the same story everybody else is. The British Isis bride, she wants to come home. Uh, she won't be rescued amid the terrorism fear. She says, no regrets ever going to the war zone to wed a jihadi. Yeah, well, stay where you are then, dear. Somebody said she's just uh, a, a, um, an exploited kid. And then somebody else has said, this is Anila Baig, the journalist from The Sun, far too late to return now. Absolutely, she's been over there four years. She couldn't care less. She hates us. Absolutely hates us. She's just using us. Well, you should have thought about that beforehand. Uh, also, 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 what was this? Oh, it's a picture of... Uh, oh, we, we had this the other day, didn't we? Amanda Holden celebrating her 48th birthday. 48th birthday. Nice dress. And she got loads of people there. And she was joined by David Walliams. He obviously wasn't busy that night looking in the mirror. Uh, and Stephen Mulhern, a fabulous young magician and presenter. Very clever boy. I wish I was as clever as him, but I'm, I'm not. Uh, plus, Cowell wants Anton Deck for the Britain's Got Talent champions. Oh, dear. Do you know there's some very good ones on an American programme called The Clairvoyance. They're on America's Got Talent. 
Check them out on YouTube, The Clairvoyance. It's a husband and wife team. They're good. Take my word for it. I've seen Clairvoyance before. They're very good. Blindfolded. And she can read things from from anywhere. You know, hold up a note and she'll tell you the numbers on it. They're good. I mean, really good. Even magicians I know have said they're worth watching. Uh, Ruhab for Wayne. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's going to carry on doing what he wants. He's been ordered into rehab as if he's going to take any notice. He doesn't take any notice up until now. Why should he change? No, he's going to do what he wants to do. Why don't they just finish? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Friday, 15th of February. So you've had Valentine's Day. That's it for another year, thank God. <laughs> don't have to worry about sausages and things like that, which, as I pointed out at the beginning of the programme, is very disappointing. Very disappointing. It wasn't a heart-shaped sausage, which I was led to believe. It was two sausages, not even joined. Two sausages. It was the packaging that made it look as though it was a heart-shaped sausage, just the shape of the box, because it was round, and then they put a thing in the middle of it. Very disappointing. Bacon was way too salty. Way too salty, but there you go. Mark says, could Colleen be staying because Wayne Rooney has her in a prenup? They've been to... No, no, it's not that at all. They, they've been together since they were sort of 15, Something like that. Their, their, their families are intertwined. They're, 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 they're proper chav. They're not, they're not pretend chavs. They're real proper chavs. He won't, he won't leave her and she won't leave him. They're just about to move into a £20 million house. If she wanted to leave, she could have left on the first hookup that he had with the hooker. But uh, she's issued a wake-up call on boozing. He's, he's already said they're both desperately unhappy. Of course they are. That's why he goes off and he finds somebody else and he goes, yeah, loads of money. And I go for it. I don't even know what he sounds like. I've got no idea what sort of, you know, somebody said to me, can you do an impression of him? I, said, I don't know what he sounds like. Really got no idea. And uh, so, uh, so she's issued this wake up call on boozing and he's basically going, you want to stay or do you want to get out? I mean, if she gets out, what's she going to do? She's stuck with four children. Four children. But he, earn, he earns a bit of money. He earns a bit of money. Um, I think he's joy. He's on about three hundred thousand pound a week. I mean, could they not resurrect their uh, their their sort of romance? But to be quite honest, he obviously fancies. Let's just put it this way: older people, uh, except for the last one, who was a Hooters girl, I think. And uh, and it was a ten hour bender. I mean, that is a bender and a half. Ten hours, whichever way you look at it. But uh, in twenty seventeen, you know, he got a two year road ban for being over the limit. Uh, Colleen later forgave him. I'm sick to death of reading that. But that's their business. It's got nothing to do with us. If he wants to, to go off and cheat and she puts up with him and goes, oh, you know, uh, I, I, I forgive him. Of course she forgives him. She's forgiven him every single time. She's the one who's made to look like the doormat. If she had any sense, she'd kick his fat bum out the door. Get out. I'm taking you for everything. And take him. It's not like she's not got any evidence. Good God. I mean, she could, she could walk away with a lot of money. She'd probably do a lot better, actually. But because they've been together for so many years, every time I've said to you, they will always... She's away on holiday at the moment. That'll be her little, you know, kind of thing. So she goes off on holiday, takes the kids, and he sits at home, and she has to hope that he's not cheating again. But that's their business. It's their marriage. You don't worry about anybody else's marriage. Why we'd worry about that? Stacey Dooley flew into an animalistic rage after a mutt went to attack her dog. Uh, the documentary maker, she's not really picked up after this uh, This winning the uh, the Strictly thing, has it? It's not sort of happened at all, unless it's happened and I've kind of missed it. Tom says the so-called victim of Prince Philip's crash wasn't even the driver. No, no, not at all. She was in she was in the back of the car, I believe. It wasn't her car. Also, if an ordinary member of the public had crashed into the car, nobody would have known about it. No, no, you wouldn't. It's only because his flipped over and then she did her sort of drama queen bit 
you know, oh, my arm, my arm, kind of thing. And, you know, why is he not contacting me? Not supposed to contact you, dear. It's not how it works in an accident. Obviously, you've not been in any. I'm sure you'll be in loads after this one. Uh, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think there are two Primark stores in Vienna. Good Lord, they must be in the cheaper end of the market. They must be in Maria Hilferstrasse, which is actually quite nice. It's it's a long... It's sort of a bit like... Now you describe it, actually. Sort of Hounslow High Street, just on, on sort of a different sort of level. You know, the, the, the posh one is literally by the Opera House. You go down and it leads straight down to St Stephen's uh, in Stephansplatz. At the, see, I know Vienna so well. And you can go down and they do an, an underground tour. In fact, on the underground, the U-Bahn, there's a glass window and you can see into the old crypt of the church and they've got all these heads uh, which have been stacked up over the years. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of them. But you can do a tour around. They love their churches in Vienna. Every corner, church. Every co- Seriously, I was lighting candles like there was no tomorrow. I was being a shaman. Or perhaps I was shaming. I can't remember. But anyway, you get to, there's loads of churches. You can keep yourself happy with churches, palaces, nice things like that. You must go round, you know, the, the palaces and you can see the, uh, the way that they lived. It's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Steve, my mother was Austrian, so grew up in Austrian cooking. It was an art watching a mate apple strudel. I know. It's about all it's famous for, Austria. It's not famous for anything else. The food is just very, 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 very average. Even going into, into restaurants, it is a little bit average. I mean, all it was known for, I thought, was, um, oh, what do they call it, veal. And, stuff. and, of course, people go, oh, we can't eat veal. Well, over there they do. They don't care about things like that. But it's the sausage stands all over the place, which you'll like. What's going at home with, uh, with Wayne? Why would he be relieved if Colleen took the kids back to the UK? Um, well, it's, he says that he doesn't like the situation. This is what we hear. He doesn't like the situation, and they're not happy. You know, individually they're not happy, so they're not going to... I can imagine they probably argue all the time, and she's probably shouted and sworn at him, but she's got the kids to look after. I mean, how much effort he puts in, I don't know. It's not my business. I'm not married to them. If I was married to them, I'd be going, listen, I think you should just sort of, you know, Wayne, you better go and get some help. You've obviously got a drink problem. Or failing that, you're just fed up. He sits at home, probably twiddling his thumbs and thinks, I want to go out, I want to have a bit of fun. But the trouble is, when you get married, and it's not like he's only one kid down, is it? He's four, four children down. You'd think he'd learn that they could do things as a family. But if you fall out, a friend of mine has just done this, this very same thing. With the uh, the other half for quite a few years, quite a few years, and then all of a sudden just falls out of love, not interested, not couldn't bear to be touched, just not interested, and so they've split, you know. And always to one person it comes as a bit of a shock. They get, what do you mean you want to split? You go, I don't love you anymore. I'm not interested, and so that's how it is. And it, you know, you get the seven year itch. I had a producer once who got the seven year itch. And all of a sudden, you have to deal with it. You've been so used to being with somebody for seven years, six years, whatever it happens to be, or ten years or longer. And then all of a sudden, you're not with them. It's, it's, it's a bit like a bereavement. It's a bit like when my dad died, all of a sudden, my mother had to do things that he had done. So when he did a bit of decorating, now she does, or she did a little bit of decorating, changing a plug. She'd never changed a plug before. She had to do things like that. Cooking, she could deal with, and house... You know, looking after it and keeping it all nice and clean and tidy. It was immaculate, absolutely immaculate. But some people don't cope very well. We were talking about this before the programme to one of the producers here. And um, and he said, what's it like being single? I said, it's fantastic. <laughs> I can't tell you. I'm surrounded by people at work. I'm surrounded by people at work. It's quite nice to get away from it and sort of go, oh, shut the door. 
Just shut that door. It's always quite nice. Uh, massive queues are forecast as punters scramble to snap up tickets for the uh, £144 million lotto draw. How long can it go for? I noticed that the UK record Euro Millions winners uh, won £161 million. This is Colin and Chris Weir. They recently sold their refurbished home for £1.4 million, moved to a £3 million pile in Troon, Scotland. There you go. Scotland's obviously lucky. Troon. Is that near you? Troon? It's not. No. Where is it then? Where is it? In West Coast. No good pointing down with your finger. like You don't know what you're talking about, do you? No good pointing about it. Where is it? To the... I'll talk to the producer. So, oh, right, OK. You didn't say that. You didn't know ferries to Ireland, did you? It's no good just pointing. Like, I mean, you're not doing the weather or something. Not Laura Tobin. Goodness sake, I must I don't know, he might be. But anyway, so they've moved. And then Adrian Bayford from Haverhill won £148 million, but then split from the other half 15 months later. Always happens. They reckon that lots of Brits will take a £2.50 a line punt. Well, I, I bought the tickets the other day because I do them online, so I thought better to do that. They say here... Uh, you could buy an island, a millionaire's playground in the Bahamas for £47.7 million and still have close on £100 million left in change. But this, that would be silly. That would be really silly. And I don't want to sort of point out and ruin your day, but if you, if you win a load of money, you can't just move into rich circles because the people who are in rich circles, they're people who've worked and they've got companies. They're not somebody who's won the lottery. You know, that, that's considered naff. <laughs> Gary says at least the Sandringham crash victim has a personal letter for any grandkids to possibly sell for a few. Oh, I should imagine she's worked out how much it's worth already. I don't know why. Why would she not? I heard you talking about uh, food in Austria when I was in Austria. And uh, I was in a place called Wachau. Try the local delicacy. It was a knurdel. Oh, they've got knurdels all over the place. A sweet dumpling with an apricot inside. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like going to... I used to go to Café Landmann which is opposite the Rat House. It's a very famous cafe, very, very famous. And people sit there all day and just have a just have a cup of coffee. And it's all very... It's a different era. They do it differently over there. They do it differently. Uh, my brother's only going over there because he, he wants to go to the uh, Chris Kindlemarkt at Christmas. They do a bit... They do a good, good market over there. Matthew says, just spotted this typo on the menu of the Buckingham pub in Westminster. Young's beer-battered bod. Well, I don't know. You might be getting what you think you're getting. He said, triple cooked chips, mushy peas and tartar sauce. Ugh. Ugh. Not mushy peas again, please. Read the kids going on strike from school later over climate change, Steve. Kids can do something positive for the planet. They can stop leaving all the lights on in the house, leaving their tech on charge, dropping their litter in the street on lunch breaks and eating fast food beef burgers produced by methane producing cows. I could go on and on and on. Kids need to stay in school, says Holly. Oh, they're an aggressive little lot nowadays. We're on strike. We don't need no education. Teacher, oi, leave those kids alone. See, I can do that. In a moment, I'll let you know who will be in conversation with me this weekend. One is a broadcaster with a great love of the outdoors, and the other is a super-talented young songwriter and musician. You'll find out who they are in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past six. My friend Christopher says, lovely to hear your brother's getting married. He and his beloved were inseparable when we spent the weekend together last year. He loved it. He absolutely loved it. Seriously, he's talked about nothing else because my brother and his uh, future wife, and we only knew about it at Christmas when he said, oh, and my future wife, and we all went, oh, like that, um, went along to Carfest. 
and they got treated really, really well. I mean, they they he really loved it, absolutely loved it, and um, and so yeah, they're going to get married. They're getting married in December. In December, then they're going to go strangely to Vienna. I don't know why strangely uh, to Vienna on honeymoon, which is nice. And then uh, my friend Christopher says, "What's the cool thing that Scottish boy bought from the charity shop? It was a mustard roll neck jumper thing." Which I think was in the wrong size. I don't, you know, it looked a little bit too tight. You know, he was holding his stomach in wearing it. You have to, because it didn't fit properly. And that's what he bought. Don't say that. That's not nice. Honestly, we've been nice to you up until now. We've fed you. We've watered you. You know, and we've offered your parents a free holiday. And so anyway, so anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Wayne Rooney sounds like David Beckham, but with a Scouse accent, says Jenny. Oh, right. See, I can't even visualise that at all. If you bought a £47 million island, how much would that be to upkeep every year? I should imagine £100 million wouldn't last long. Oh, it would. Oh, it would, yes, absolutely. Well, put it this way, certainly see you out. Certainly see you out. And uh, Rachel says, I agree with you. Just nice to shut the door. I also live alone and love it. <laughs> Whatever happened to Larry Grayson? Died. You know, I mean, it was some years ago. Sue in Hackney, it's pronounced... It's not pronounced Sawasi. It's pronounced Swoozy. It's a dance. Oh, right. Same age as you. Dances wherever she is. Dances and encourages people of all ages. Woo! Even you could do the Swoozy. I shouldn't think so. How many Valentine's cards did Dave O'Brien get? Zero. Zero. Okay. how many did Steve Allen get? They had to have a special truck... To bring the stuff in. Does a Scottish boy know what a simit is? Shouldn't think so. He looks blankly. Mind you, he looks blank most of the time. He does have that vacant look on his face. It's a bit like talking to Jordan. And then I was looking at the television a minute ago, and there's Rachel Johnson getting her boobs out with that peculiar woman who started taking a close-up. You can only have to look at her to realise it's not the full shilling, is it, really? Uh, Steve, day off work, laser eye surgery at Bournemouth Hospital. Have you had it? I haven't, no, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Listen, they do things like that all the time. Claire says, I've just played Euro Millions with three tickets for tonight's draw. If I gave you a year's notice, would you come on a two-week Caribbean cruise with me, all expenses paid? No, absolutely not. You can't buy me. I'm a radio presenter. I'm just a voice that emerges from your radio. I'm not a real person. I'm probably a hologram, I would have thought. Uh, Steve, at 17, I remember getting very drunk on this beer in Austria that's been... Uh, driven and then thrown about in the back of a VW combi band, says Keith. Right. See, I don't do beer, so I couldn't I couldn't tell you anything about a beer at all. And Steve says, Canadian pen friend, you advised me to tell her I was gay. She replied she was glad I was happy. I suggested we had dinner and breakfast, long gap. Reply came, behave. What now? Ditch. 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 They're very odd in Canada, I can tell you. She's not going to buy into this one. Thought I'd buy a dog. I like poodles. Yeah, when I when I suggested that you tell her you were gay when you're not, the fact you want to buy a poodle or a shih tzu kind of indicates to me you might be riding side saddle on your bicycle, OK? Butch men, unless it was den, dirty den, do not have poodles, OK? Poodles are girls' dogs. Uh, are British passports made of gold? They will be shortly. Yes, and they'll be blue, of course. But uh, I have to use that one-day premium service to renew the passport. 177 quid. To put that in context, I've got a return flight to Spain, to the UK, for 25 quid. I must tell my friends Chris and Steve they'll be delighted. (laughs) £25. Well, blimey, that'll be happy days. Now, in conversation tomorrow morning between 6 and 7, my first guest 
is a presenter best known for her love of travel and the outdoors. Been dubbed Lady of the Lakes following her many walking series. You know her best as the former host of Country Farm, but she's done plenty more besides, including hosting the Royal Gala in the presence of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, now hosting a brand new series for ITV in which she explores Australia through regular tourist spots and the land down under's hidden gems. In between, drag shows, tattoo parlours and a few cringy high fives. My guest also addresses Australia's past with Britain in a well-rounded look at the country. It's Julia Bradbury. She told me how her career has given her the chance to see this big, wide world of ours. I have to say, I'm very, very privileged, I feel, and grateful for the job that I have. I have travelled the world with my job. um, And to have worked on programmes like Country File and Watchdog and all those landmark uh, television series. But all all along the way, my television career has been peppered with travel uh, and and travel series, starting out as a reporter on Wish You Were Here for ITV. So now to be doing my own uh, fantastically exciting series in Australia. I mean, I've done South Africa and Germany with my walks, and obviously all yeah. across the uh, the UK. Because you're fit. Pa- well, I'm I'm passionate. I think about getting outdoors yeah. and getting outdoors. Yes, I, I'm uh, I'm a, an ambassador for the for the outdoors in the UK, and I'm, I'm all for that. And it's great for our mental health. And you know, we've got amazing landscapes here. But when you get to do it in a landscape like Australia as well, yeah. oh, and I think we have quite a a narrow view of what life in Australia is like. And I don't mean that as a criticism. I think when you, if you and I were having a a drink in a pub and we were chatting about life in Australia, we'd think about the surfing and and people always think, oh, could I emigrate there? Bondi. Yeah, Bondi. Most famous beach in the world. 30,000 people on Bondi Beach when it's in its... I think of Ayers Rock. Yes, Ayers Rock. And then you'll think of maybe Uluru. Yes. uh, um, Which is is the Ayers Rock. uh, That's the Aboriginal name. That's the presenter, Julia Bradbury, who's in conversation with me this weekend. I'll also be talking to a musician who is, quite frankly, sickeningly young. He's a songwriter and a guitarist in The Vamps. He's also just spent time in Australia in the I'm a Celebrity Jungle. It's James McVeigh, ahead of a huge tour for the band. He's also just got engaged over in the Seychelles, and we chatted about his other half, uh, who isn't a celebrity themselves. I love the industry that I work in, but I, I, I was very conscious to perhaps not date people within my sphere because I wanted there to be a genuine connection regardless of social status. And luckily yeah. with Kirsty, we have that. And, um, and it's nice now that we're able to do things publicly together, but at the crux of it all, the, the foundation had to be there, a genuine foundation before kind of unveiling to the world, as, as it were. Because you're only really <laughs> young, aren't you? Maybe yeah, that's... 20, 25, Kirsty's 23. Wow. So, uh, yeah. and, in, and of course, being in a band, people say, oh, do you meet people? Do you ever? <laughs> do you ever? You must have stories as long as your arm over how easy it is to meet people. Well, bizarrely, actually, I met Kirsty just before our first ever tour. So the whole of the Vamps' life, I've been with her. So I've not actually been promiscuous ever. I'm delighted to hear it. I'm very open and honest. <laughs> no. Very, because it's, it is, I mean, I've, I've been in the business a long while, so mm. you do see this with people because it's just a temptation, isn't it? I think, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are tempted. And, and obviously there's avenues to express yourself in various ways if you so wish. Uh, yeah. But I, part of me remaining, I'd like to think relatively grounded, is due to my relationship with Kirsty. So yes. I, I never really delved into those bizarre parties in LA or whatever. I, I kind of kept, kept myself Avoid to myself. Them. Such a nice guy, seriously. I mean, really nice in conversation. It's always a good in conversation. This week, especially good. The songwriter and guitarist James McVeigh, who's in conversation with me this weekend, along with the presenter Julia Bradbury. You can hear me talking to Julia and James tomorrow morning from six 
after the best of Steve Allen and on Sunday evening from 9pm. Or if you can't join me this weekend, you can listen to the whole thing by downloading the LBC app or the Global Player app. And uh, it's well worth hearing. It really is. He's a very honest boy. Very, very honest. Almost too honest. Almost too honest. Andy in Brighton said, I'm staying at the Grand Hotel this weekend. Any advice on etiquette techniques? It's not for you. And uh, (laughs) I don't know. I've never been there, actually. I passed it loads of times. Teresa says we must not lose sight of the past and let this monster of a terrorist back into the UK. Well, she's not a terrorist. We have to point out she's uh, she's uh, married to a terrorist and she's a supporter of ISIS. And on that basis alone, the entire country seems to be saying don't let her anywhere back in again. I couldn't care less what the parents want. I'm sorry, you know. They obviously didn't bring her up properly because here she is four years away. Now she's having calls with her mother. So obviously there is contact backwards and forwards. Did the uh, did the parents say anything? Obviously not. Obviously not. Charlie Gerling said, no, seriously. No, no. Rather talk to you, Charlie. No, I don't know. No, I don't. No, I might think about it over the over the weekend. Give me I might think after a glass of Prosecco, I might change my mind. But at the moment, no, I'll tell you for why later. Uh, Holly says, big hooray for Scottish boy. As a, as a charity shop volunteer, I can tell you that people have embraced downsizing and decluttering and charity shops have benefited. But I implore people to buy from the charity shops in return. Thousands of great bargains. Many items are brand new. I know we've, we've seen most of his wardrobe and, uh, and it's lovely. Pop in regularly and uh, you'll see what there is to, to offer. Another way to save the planet. Lee says, do they make holograms your shape? Of course they do. I can be 3D if I want to be. And um, another one here, it says, good to know that BOAC is celebrating 100 years today. I've travelled by on the 8th of August, 66, as a naive teenage boy to join my dad in the UK. At that age, the ticket was 30 quid. I'm so blessed now. Granddad, with three grandchildren aged 21, 18, and the youngest is six, worked 47 years and retired, but not quite as, uh, not quite as I'm caring for my disabled wife. By the way, I've donated to make some noise and gift aid as an appreciation for your broadcast show. Well, that's dev. That's very nice indeed. Very nice indeed. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Nick Ferrari's with you at seven o'clock this morning for breakfast here on LBC. The government has suffered yet another embarrassing Commons defeat over its Brexit approach. Nick will get the thoughts of a Tory MP who voted against Theresa May and of a Labour MP who voted against Jeremy Corbyn and with the Prime Minister. We'll also be talking about the ISIS schoolgirls with a lawyer who's represented a jihadi bride and find out how much closer to reality Donald Trump's border wall will become once he declares a state of emergency later. Plus, after the Crown Prosecution Service choose not to take any action against Prince Philip over the car crash last month, do you think he's been given special treatment over it? All of that and more with Nick Ferrari this morning on LBC from breakfast from 7 o'clock. Uh, right, front pages of the uh, of the papers. It's the British ISIS bride told we won't rescue you. Why do you want to waste money? Why do you want to waste money? You got yourself out there, get yourself back. If indeed you think you can. And uh, if you think that you're not going to get arrested at the airport. Seriously. You know, and also, I mean, I still can't understand how the Times found somebody in a refugee camp of 35,000 people. They find one of the British ISIS brides. But uh, she knew she was doing what, what she was doing, as indeed the Sun have said this morning. The front page covers it. No regrets, no remorse and arrogance about her beyond belief. She thinks she's something really special. She's not. She was a silly, silly little schoolgirl who decided to sort of steal and then go abroad. And as I say, she's been there four years. Stay there. 
stay there. All the programmes don't don't seem to want her. They didn't want her. Karen McGiffin came up with some good arguments on television. But again, it's with a warning sign over it. You can't trust her. She supports ISIS. She supports murdering paedophiles. That's what she does. You know, she sees nothing the matter with it at all. And uh, we'll have to wait and see. Security Minister Ben Wallace has said actions have consequences. Exactly. What, so she's going to come back here and do what? What, sponge? She despises us. She hates us. You heard Savage Javid. You know, she doesn't like us. That's why she left here to go and join ISIS. Good, well, stay with them then. See how long you last. See how long you live. Because nobody wants you here. They didn't want you here last night. They didn't want you here yesterday afternoon. Didn't seem to want you overnight on LBC either. And it's this arrogance. You think you're really clever, don't you? Well, you're not that clever. As indeed you will just... Oh, my goodness me. My boss will be delighted. Kelly Brook uh, wearing some red suspenders. Is it red suspender day today? I wasn't quite aware of it. Uh, she was back on familiar territory in a in a, a, a laundry shoot. And um, she's here with sort of leaning over. I'm like that when I pose for photographs. Whenever I do it with celebrities, I'm lean over. And, uh, and all the rest of it. Uh, somebody says she... Uh, she told her Instagram followers she never looked rougher than on a film's poster where she resembles a zombie. No, she looks the same, only just not wearing the underwear thing. She likes the underwear thing. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody she works with enjoys the underwear thing. <laughs> Which I love it. Uh, also, Wayne Funy, Wayne's relief at the thought of a divorce. They won't get divorced. They've just built a £20 million house. In the middle of nowhere, godforsaken dump of a place, but it's got six bedrooms, a swimming pool, a cinema. It's got all the usual... They're not going to divorce. They'll say no. Prince Harry raced back from the Arctic Circle by private jet. Who paid for that one? For a Valentine's Day dinner with Meghan. She only cooks chicken. She can't cook anything else. Taxpayers... Oh, taxpayers pick up the 26,000... Well, four. Why should we have to pick it up? He's got loads of money. He's got more money than we could shake a stick at. Harry had left seven months pregnant Meghan to fly to uh, Norway. He asked Navy and Marines personnel, did you get your other halves of card and flowers? And then he gets onto a private jet. Oh, how privileged. Great. I don't have a problem with that, but you pay for it. Why should we pay for it? God, blimey, honestly. £26,000 so he could put on an outfit. Because he's not even in the forces anymore. I don't know what he was doing there. Uh, Shamina fled the UK at 15, now wants the NHS to care for a baby. No, you look after it, love. You look after it. It's not going well for you, is it? It's not going well. Uh, also, uh, trying to find something that's not in the courts at the moment. Do you know, the, I can't believe the Rolling Stones are still going. I'm always, I'm always surprised by this. But uh, they've got a new sponsor, a firm specialising in pensions. Kind of, uh, kind of works, doesn't it? Really. Uh, also. Uh, two or more diet drinks a day have been linked to a doubling of stroke risk. Every paper today is running with this one. Plus, uh, money raised for a family of four children who died in a house fire will help their two-year-old brother. They've had uh, about £30,000 coming in. It's amazing how generous we are in this country. And that's why when we uh, talk about raising money for Make Some Noise, uh, we always like to offer something... In return, it's not just a case of, of taking some money for you, which would go to the uh, young people, which can change their lives. Uh, so this prize here is uh, is very nice. It's a seven-night transatlantic cruise with Cunard for two people on board the Queen Mary 2. You'll sail from Southampton to New York or from New York to Southampton, and we'll send you out on, a, on an airy plane as well. And we'll give you a deluxe balcony stateroom as well. 
this transatlantic crossing means you can treat yourself to a unique and timeless voyage, sailing aboard the world's only true ocean liner. You've got seven unforgettable days. It'll go by so quickly, take my word for it. But it's unhurried and dignified and with a wonderful dash of glamour. It can be as glamorous as you want. Your chance to uncover an experience as exciting as it was in 1847, now with the finest refinements at sea, you can surrender to the service and the celebration only offered on the transatlantic crossing by Cunard. The prize includes all meals, entertainment and flights, either to or from New York. So, in other words, if you, if you decided to go from Southampton, you go to Southampton, New York, then we fly you back to this country. Or we can fly you out to New York, pick up the ship and come back that way. It's, uh, it's your choice. And uh, depending on which way you want to sail across the ocean, you pick... All you have to do, though, to win a chance to get this transatlantic cruise on the Queen Mary 2 is text CRUISE, C-R-U-I-S-E, and send it to 84850. There's a voluntary donation of just £3 from every text, which goes straight to our charity Make Some Noise, helping to change young lives. You've got until 6pm on the 1st of March to enter. Standard network rates apply and you need to be 18 or over. You're playing across all participating radio stations and regions and all the rules and the details about those date restrictions are at lbc.co.uk. So if you want to be in with a chance, text CRUISE, C-R-U-I-S-E, capital letters, and send it to 84850. And good luck and thank you for the good that your £3 will do. 18 minutes to seven. Ben says the girl who wants to leave just as the terrorist group is on its last legs and the fighters are using their brides as human shields. Yeah, of course they are. And she's also trying to cover her back. Oh, I've just, But she hasn't renounced them. She hasn't told you how bad they are and what murdering so-and-sos they are. You know, it's, it's very convenient timing. Oh, got pregnant. But nine months down the line, why not get pregnant and do it at the beginning of that? Because they've had to work out their stories and everything else. That's why not to be trusted. Totally unre- she's an She's an ISIS supporter. She's not denounced them. In fact, she said she's a bit sorry. She's having to sort of leave them. I bet you are. I bet you are. Very bad timing. But as everybody said, you can't have your cake and eat it. But you can't have anything at all. You must stay where you are. We don't want you back here. I couldn't care less. You know, she says she's lost two children already. That's what she says. We don't know. We have no idea. She might be lying through her teeth. You, we've got no idea. So, rather, let's err on the side of caution. I mean, wouldn't it be terrible if, as I said, a hypothetical situation, she's still a supporter of ISIS, which she must be because she's not denounced them. She comes back here and she causes a few atrocities. You know, and all of a sudden, then we'll, then we'll be saying to the government, what do you let her back in for? Why do you let her back in? She's evil. She supports evil. She supports murdering paedophiles. She was having sex at 15 with some of these perverts. These people behead people. You know, and she thinks, oh, I think I'll just go back to England. I think you won't. The papers are not happy about it at all. Really not happy about it. And I don't think the government have got enough to worry about without worrying about some silly little ISIS supporter. Uh, 84850. Salim says we need to be fair and mention the little girl was brainwashed. We don't know. You've got no idea. No idea. And, you know, she was, it was all done on the Internet. She thought enough to go and steal so that she could get the money for a plane ticket and then trot it. She's been there for four years. It's not like she's joined the Girl Guides, is it? But of course, being there now four years, we can't trust her. She's a victim now. Well, that's her problem, not ours. I mean, that's bad parenting, isn't it? Did they not know what she was looking at? On the, Of course parents don't know. They've got no idea. 
You know, you could say she was radicalised and you could say, I'm quite sure that Majid must be absolutely can't wait to get on to NBC to start talking about this one. But uh, it's a case of no, she should. I wonder what he'd be. No, he'd be saying she shouldn't come back as well, I think. I'm thinking I'm only guessing on that one. I'm only guessing. We'll have to find out, won't we, uh, tomorrow? So many do-gooders saying this pregnant ISIS girl should be allowed back, says Martin. She'll have to be on 24-hour surveillance as well as the normal social help. What, 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 we have to pay for her as well? I don't want her paying. I don't want her getting any benefits on the NHS. She's a supporter of murdering paedophiles. That's what she is. It'll cost the taxpayer thousands a week. She's made her bed. She can lie in it. Holly says legally... Colleen would get around 50% from a divorce settlement due to their very long relationship. She's got no need to worry. She and the kids will get the super-duper house and then some. Yeah, but she's all by herself. They won't, they won't split. Even though some people might... I don't know what he's worth. If he's earning £300,000 a week at the moment, I just wonder how much he's, he's worth. If he can afford a £20 million house, then obviously do... I mean, what would he do? Split up from him? He'd then go and live in a bedsit or something? Of course not. So they're they're, they're going to stay together. It's just that they can't work it out. They don't know how to work it out, do they? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nine minutes to seven is uh, the time. Uh, Steve, at the end of the day, she's British, says Jürgen. If she's guilty, she goes to jail. Well, it's not a case of she's guilty. She's part of a terrorist organisation. It's not a case of she's guilty. She's not been charged with anything. She's within a terrorist organisation. And uh, we don't do corporal punishment. We don't deport uh, theorists if we think they'll be executed when we send them. Well, she's in a she's in a um, uh, in a refugee camp at the moment, but she left here to go and join ISIS. There you go. Doesn't become any more any more normal than that. Uh, Ollie says, I think Prince Harry was in Norway in official role as Captain General Royal Marines. It's a it's a quasi position. It's sort of it's just a you know you get to wear the uniform, so people kind of pretend this is what he got when Prince Philip retired from public duty. But I mean, I don't mind that he can do it. He can dress up in anything he wants to, as far as I'm concerned. I just want to know why we had to spend twenty six thousand pounds on a private plane to bring him home. Goodness sake, honestly. Is that so you can be home to have something to eat with, with um, what's-her-face, Megan? But £26,000, and we're paying for it. Terrible waste of money. Terrible waste of money. Uh, front pages of the papers, well, you know by now, don't you? In, uh, in the mirror, British ISIS bride told we won't rescue you. Mylene's pregnant. Mylene's pregnant, front page of the mirror. She's pregnant. Another baby. How many is that? She's got, is it two she's got, or three? She's got two, so this will be the third one. She's obviously very fertile. (laughs) She seems to get pregnant quite quickly, actually. (laughs) But uh, she's doing that that famous picture, isn't she? The Demi Moore one, where they went, ooh, I'm pregnant, kind of thing. Uh, Two diet drinks a day, stroke fear. Don't drink diet drinks. No easy way round it, is there, really? Holby City and Casualty merging for the first time in 14 years. I don't know whether that's a good thing or not. To be honest with you, I'm not really into watching hospital dramas. I really am not. I, could, I always feel a bit queasy. And I always, I always marvel at how they know what all these sort of things are. They have to learn all the different long words. But generally speaking, I try and avoid it. Uh, the son, pregnant jihadi teen, faces ban from the UK. I mean, she's nine months pregnant. I mean, you know, what she only just decided that, you know, after nine months, she wants the baby born here because she's lost two others. So she says. So I don't know. She wants to give birth to a third child. Why don't you stay where you are? I'm quite sure they've got facilities in this refugee camp for you to give birth. That's fine, isn't it? Isn't it? I thought it was. 
100 MPs slope off on the Brexit holiday. Ruse relief. If coal splits, they won't split. Daily Star, Tra, Ant and Deck duo step in as X Factor ends early. They're trying to look at different ways of, of doing it. I, I think it's run its course. I really do. Also, Snowflakes turning their noses up at late night bar work, fearing it will upset their sleep. And party girl Amanda is all smiles. She's 48, which actually isn't very old at all. Uh, the women on the front of the Daily Mail who can eat like a horse and still say this. They always say that, eat like a horse. They just eat straw, don't they? <laughs> They're not very adventurous horses. And uh, Mike says the main thing for me is that the ISIS girl have no, has no regrets. No, she couldn't get no. She, she's basically said she feels a bit guilty at leaving them. And I thought, no, can't, can't trust you. I'm sorry. We really can't trust you. Dozens of jihadi brides want to get home. Of course they do. Of course they do. I think they're a danger. They've been radicalised. Why would they, have, have we got any evidence that she's not radicalised anymore? And uh, another one here. Richard says you can't expect the royal family to use EasyJet. They don't serve champagne, don't they? I bet they would. I bet you could get hold of things like that. Uh, we have to understand that teenage children do a lot of crazy moves or actions without thinking or measuring the consequences. Yeah, we all did it, but we didn't sort of we didn't sort of worry about you know things like where are you going. We just used to go and sit at the bottom of the garden. We should bring her back, Steve, uh, and go through the process of prosecuting her. She's pregnant. Why would you want to complicate things? I mean, I'm hoping, hoping not. Well, don't wait till you don't seem to be keen at all. Anyway, you're not allowed to fly after seven months of being pregnant. So what's she going to do? Walk back, says Warren. Right, so she can't fly because she'll have to wait till she's given birth. So we don't want her back here. Well, you don't certainly want her back. I've never, never seen such a, a backlash. Uh, men can be mothers, say the government. And the US plans, according to the Daily Telegraph, to send British jihadists to Guantanamo. Yes, I think if you're a supporter, we have to send you somewhere. Boris Johnson has claimed that Labour's John Macdonald, the shadow chancellor, has become detached from reality. This is after the comments describing Winston Churchill as a villain. And can you crack GCHQ's centenary code? Apparently the Queen unveiled a plaque celebrating the centenary of GCHQ at the agency's original headquarters in London. But this being GCHQ, all was not quite as it seemed. The plaque itself contains not one but two hidden codes that may tempt fans of brain teasers as they pass in the street. I'm not telling you any more. You can find out yourself. Uh, here we go, the Times. And uh, the Times managed to find Shamina Begum among 39,000 refugees. How did that happen? How did that happen? Uh, the lawyers warn the ministers can't stop her coming back. She's a terrorist. She supports terrorism, and we would just be ludicrous to uh, to go along with that. We spent enough time and money, and people have lost their lives when these uh, sick people, sick, sick people. Uh, the Guardian finally tell you that there is a drug that could improve memory in old age. Thank the Lord for that. Time we actually get there, and we should probably forget what the drug's called. And another Brexit vote for May. Another humiliation. Chukka Khan. Chukka Khan. Apparently says she's had a magical life. On drugs, guns and prints. I don't know anything about Chucker Car, but I do now. And also the return of black and white films. Do you know black and white films are really good? There are certain films that show well in black and white. I can't remember any of the other. I know in The Wizard of Oz it starts black and white and then it fades into colour. That was quite clever. That sort of freaked people out some years ago. And, um, and there's some very good early stuff that now manages to fit into the category of art, arty films. Uh, Prince Harry goes, Wendy, is not funded by the taxpayer. We're paying for this flight back. This flight was funded by us. Get your facts right. 
Get your facts. Nothing worse than somebody who doesn't know the facts. I didn't say it was funded by the taxpayer. This flight we paid for. £26,000. Steve, does anybody know who the father of the child is? Yeah, she's married to him. He's a Dutch man. She's married to him. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Of course we know these things. What do you think? She's just got pregnant, you know, immaculate conception. No, no, no. This is the third time, we're told. The third time. But uh, anyway, that's it for this morning. It's whizzed by really quickly. Busy week this week. Very, very busy week. Thank you for your uh, for your company. And uh, Scottish boy, you've got a present. He's very excited by that. Are you? You like the present? Got... I never know whether he's looking at me or he's not. Is there something the matter with his eyes? Have you had your eyes sort of lasered or something like that? You know when they do it, where you get these sort of eyes where people have them tattooed and it, they, you can put contact lenses in. Makes you look like an alligator. Not so you've had that. What do you mean, me? Got a lot of bad language. Where have you learnt this bad language? You've been hanging around with Jordan again. I've told you before, don't do that. Awful. Anyway, oh, I've got to go. I've just realised I really have got to go. Uh, back tomorrow morning from five with the best of Steve Allen from six in conversation with the broadcaster Julia Bradbury and the songwriter and guitarist James McVeigh. And then back live Sunday morning from five with the best stories from those bumper Sunday papers. Before I go, time to let you know what's coming up on the free podcast today. And a little bit extra, I'll reveal the latest thing that old Katie Price is wasting money on. It's, um, well, sort of work for the downstairs department, but the kind that a surgeon does. Get me? Get me? You also hear about some of the biggest desperados in the country who spent their Valentine's Day evening. One thing lacking throughout was class. Plus, I'll tell you about Nick and Majid's big shock yesterday. What Nick doesn't know yet is that doing programmes naked gets this much coverage. In fact, they can't stop showing it on the television. Perhaps I'll start stripping off live on air as well. A little bit extra. Not a very nice way to describe it, but there you go. We'll be available very shortly on the LBC app and on the Global Player app too. I feel quite depressed now. Anyway, as well as listening live to LBC, you can listen back to this and other LBC programmes, as well as listening to a range of podcasts. Ten o'clock this morning, it's James O'Brien. But right now, with breakfast for Friday morning, it's Nick Ferrari. Little bit extra, eh? If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am. 